0: you tonight go ahead and open your mouth and bless the lord tonight let him hear it from your lips how grateful you are that he's your king he's your savior that he laid down his life for you and you know it doesn't get old thanking him for what he's done for you the bible says put on the helmet of salvation if you'll lift your if you'll lift your voice and remember what he's done and thank him for the simple gospel message lord we bless you tonight thank you lord for saving us Thank you, Lord. We once were sinners. We once were far off, but now we're made near through the blood of Christ. Lord, we bless you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your might. Lord, we honor you. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, come and have your way tonight. Do whatever you want to do.
1: Do it in me. Do it
0: in me. Have your way in me.
1: Have your way in
0: me. Do what you want to do. Do
1: what you want to do. I yield
0: to you. And I lean to I you. I open God. my heart to you. I open up my Hallelujah. heart Hallelujah. Hallelujah. open your mouth and give him a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
0: You are worthy of it all. One more time. Sing it with me. You
2: are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all, Jesus. You are worthy of it
0: all.
2: For from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory.
0: Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord, for your power in this place. Grace every person to receive everything you have for them. Holy Spirit, would you turn this place upside down by your power tonight? Lord, above everything else, we praise your anointing. We thank you, Lord. It's the anointing. It's your anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage and sets the captives free. Lord, every addiction be a broken off people's lives tonight. Lord, every every mental problem, every emotional problem, every depression, Lord, every bondage from Satan, let it be broken tonight by your mighty right hand. In Jesus' name. Lord, by the conclusion of this service, people will say, God has done something great for me tonight. In Jesus' name. If you receive it, give the Lord a mighty amen tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be comfortably seated. Hallelujah. Welcome back to Revival in Dickinson. Happy to be with you. Once again, we have tonight and then tomorrow and then Friday night. Who came ready to receive tonight? Who who doesn't really know why you're here, but you came because a friend told you you need to come? Welcome. Everyone that's joined us, welcome. We're happy to have you. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 20. This is a passage that I really like. I'm going to read from verse 17. And then at the from the beginning here, um, we're going to give you an opportunity to sow, because it's the Wednesday night service. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow into the River Dickinson, this church. So this is tithes and offering. This is your... A uh, tithe, which is 10 percent, and then your offering this goes to the river church. So I want to teach something out of the word first. Acts chapter 20, verse 17, and from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And that when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I had been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews. And how I, I love this, verse 20, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God, faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. You know, here Paul's basically saying, this is the last time you're going to see me And he says, I haven't withheld anything that would have been profitable unto you. And then verse uh, 27, 26, wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And then he says, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which you have purchased, which he has purchased with his own blood. And then he goes on from there with some warning and some instruction. This first stood out to me because um, when I read it, probably not for the first time, but when it jumped out to me, this was in the last few years, it made me think of my pastor, who's Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. The River Church at Tampa is the main river church. Dr. Rodney and Donica Howard Brown started it back in, uh, what was it, 1995, if I'm not mistaken. Was it 95. 96, December of 96, that's right, 96. And um, and the two of them, the first Sunday, you know, he had, he had been in the traveling ministry, been an evangelist, traveled, had revivals, done what we do now. And he still does that from time to time. But that's when they started the church in, in December of 96. We came in uh, July or really August of 1999. Uh, that, that's 20 almost 23 years ago. I was 13. I had just turned 13 when I joined that church. I'm 36 now. So uh, two-thirds of my life has been at that ministry. And we're still there now. We're pastors on staff there. We do the healing school. I came up through the Bible. I came up through the youth group, went into Bible school, graduated Bible school, went into business for over a decade, and then and now into the ministry. But I really thought of Pastor Rodney because one of the things that happened, you know, we were looking, we were in the uh, the office back there, and on the, on the desk, I guess it had just come from the frame shop, but was a couple news articles about when Pastor Rodney came here to the River Church Dickinson in the other building. And then there were two, 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 it says rival pastor thrown out, but there were two men who came basically to give Pastor Rodney a tough time who are critics of the ministry. I don't know, some of you may have been there and were thrown out, stood up in protest. And so Pastor Rodney and this ministry churches that are connected because of the word of God that's implanted into us uh is is really has been to take a stand for the full counsel of the word if you look at the modern church and this isn't everybody and I believe that more than ever now you know the 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 devil wants to make it seem like the body of Christ is shrinking and the church is getting weaker and everything you know the world's getting darker and we're just holding on and things are getting bad things may be getting bad up there but i believe the glorious gospel of jesus christ is shining and the church is growing now under persecution like it never has before when you look overseas you look in places in like africa nigeria different countries the gospel's growing and the gospel's spreading you could go back 60 years and and there's no footprints of the gospel in nigeria and then now you've got 220 million people in the country, and you've got a large portion of them, some of the, the, some of the largest churches in the world. There's a church there in Nigeria that they have 500,000 people on a Sunday morning. Their Sunday morning congregation is 500,000 people. When they give an altar call, it takes people seven to ten minutes of jogging to get to the altar. People answer the call. So he'll call and he'll say, if that's you, start coming now. And then people are running down to the altar. Seven minutes of this to get down to the altar. It's two kilometers by two. It's like, you know, you're sweating. Jesus, don't, you know, please, I want to repent. <laughs> 500,000 on a Sunday morning. That, that's big. That's big. <laughs> you know how, how big the largest NFL stadium is Cowboy Stadium? What is it? 80,000? Is that right? Does anyone know? That sounds right. Any football fans in here? Was it Cowboy Stadium? Eighty thousand? Does that sound right? Eighty thousand. So imagine seven of those, and now you've got their Sunday morning congregation. You know the church is so big that they'll even tell people, "Did you come last week? Please don't come next week. Give other people an opportunity to come." So they don't. They have. They have a lot more than that. That's Africa, and so the Church of Jesus Christ is growing. Amen. Can I hear an amen? That's a good time to amen. You don't say, when, it, when someone says the devil's been after me, you don't say amen then. That mean, Amen means so be it. So you don't say amen. Well, life's been very hard. Amen. So be it. Well, you know, sometimes we all get depressed. Amen. Don't say amen there. When you say, uh, when I say this is going to be the best two months you've ever had, that's when you say amen. 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 <laughs> agree, with, agree with the positive things. But the church of Jesus Christ is growing, But I, but I... But I look at Pastor Rodney and this really made me think of his ministry because it says here, I didn't withhold anything from you that would have been to your benefit. And so I think about that often. You know, Pastor Rodney has a healing school, which there's, there's a portion and a, a decent portion of the, of the Christian church. And these are people who love the Lord, people who will make heaven, people who we love, who be, don't believe that healing is for today. They believe it passed away with the apostles and so they believe healing was something Jesus did but now if there's any healing the devil did it somehow the devil and Jesus switched plans he's the same Jesus the same yesterday today and forever but Jesus doesn't heal now now the devil heals and I don't that logically doesn't make any sense to me but either way so so pastor Rodney stood for healing oh you guys believe in healing and then, and then Pastor Rodney stood for joy, very controversial joy. But, you know, you think about it, the devil loves depression. God doesn't want you depressed. The devil wants you depressed. The Bible actually says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness. Everyone say righteousness. righteousness. Peace. Everyone say peace. peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Everyone say joy. joy. That's, that's, it says three things. Righteousness, peace, and if you're missing joy, you're missing 33% of what the kingdom of God is. It, the Bible says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And we're getting close to Christmas time. Joy to the world. And then, oh, joy. No, that can't be the Lord. And so you stand up. Oh, it's, it's literally what the angels said Joy to the world, not depression to the world, joy to the world. How many would say, knowing that if you die today, you're going to go and be with Jesus in heaven forever? gives you a satisfaction greater than knowing I, I'm going to hell if I die. It's good news. You know the word gospel means good news. If you get good news, usually you're happy. Amen. If someone came up to your house today and said we're from the publisher's clearing house and here's a check for six hundred thousand dollars, you would probably at least smile. <laughs> oh well just leave it at the front door. I'm sorry i life's too hard no you would I mean people would freak out so, hey! you'd freak out okay anybody with me I would have a would you have at least a little bit of a reaction if someone showed up with a six hundred thousand dollar check I mean you watch Oprah and then Oprah comes up and she's like everybody gets a car a car for you a car for you and the place goes crazy and it's a car cars I mean someone bought you a car Hey, you'd respond. Joy to the world. It's good news. Good news causes a, res- a happy response. I know it's like weird. You have to tell people very elementary things. God is good. God wants you happy. The devil wants you sad. If you go to God, he will take away sad and he will give you happy. Happy is good. Joy is good. Depression is bad. God wants you happy tonight. God wants you joyful tonight. God wants to take away sorrow tonight and shame tonight. God wants you happy. Well, I don't know about that. Where do you see that in the Bible? <laughs> joy to the world. The Lord has come. But so Pastor Rodney stood for joy. And then this message on giving um, has been another one. And obviously, Pastor Rodney is not the only one. But I look back, and I talked a little bit about it last night. I look back over, over my life, and it's not like I'm at the end of my life. But I look back over the 36 years of, of where the Lord, the Lord has brought me from and my family from and where he's brought us to. And it's because of the teaching of the word in the same way that there was a time that I was depressed and, re- and, and with thoughts of suicide, thinking that I was going to take my own life like my own dad did. My da- I said this on Sunday, but my dad committed suicide. And so there was a time where that was what I thought ultimately would happen with my life. And I don't, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not depressed anymore. There's no depression. I don't have depressed days. I don't have to work something up. Life is good. The Lord has taken the depression out by his power and given me joy in its place. And it's because of the anointing and it's because of the teaching of the word and realizing I'm an overcomer. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When I link myself to Jesus, it's like it's like being traded to the World Series team. It's like being traded to the best team in the league. You go from loser to winner overnight. That's what happens when you get born again. You go from loser to winner overnight. And so this message, uh, uh, this offering isn't coming to my wife and I. We'll give you an opportunity right at the end of service to, uh, if you want to give in our ministry. But this is for the River Dickinson. But I, I, I want to be able to teach... Freely here, and I asked to be able to teach um, on this offering for the church for this reason because it's in some ways I, I, I really enjoy doing this because it's not coming to me. So it's not like, hey, do your best, please. You know, you, I won't ever get up and say, hey, I don't have money for food. Can someone please put $20 in the offering for at least a sandwich in there for me? The offering isn't for me, uh, it's not about that. The Lord's my provider. The Lord's committed to take care of me. But for me, this is to, uh, to be able to, so you can see from the word of God, from God himself, what's your responsibility? And then what's the benefit to you of, of this portion of scripture? And that I'm not going to withhold from you anything that's for your benefit. So that's my little uh, preface for this teaching. But um, who's ready to receive from the word of God tonight? I heard a man of God say, that the Word of God is not like a buffet. You're not allowed to just pick and choose which part that you want. I'm skipping the salad bar. I just want the, the meat and maybe some dessert. I'm skipping that. The Word of God has to be taken whole. You, uh, uh, I remember one time I was at a restaurant. This was in Washington, D.C. This is probably the, the most rude someone's ever been to me at a restaurant. But I, I was or, about to order a breakfast sandwich. It was like a brunch place. And I said, ma'am, can I do this breakfast sandwich? But can I... Uh, can I skip the bacon and do avocado instead? And this was her response. This isn't Burger King. You can't have it your way. That was her actual response. She didn't say, no, we don't do substitution. She said, it's not Burger King. You can't have it your way. And I thought, well, I'm not going to tip, and then I'll have it my way. That was probably the only time. I think I, think I still, like, someone at the table made me tip, so I tipped something. It's probably the first time I tipped under 20% in my life and uh, probably gave her a 5% tip. All right, I can't have it my way. We'll see about that. But, uh, but, um, but that stuck with me because when it comes to the kingdom of God, uh, Jesus lays out the rules for us. And so this is something where you don't get to choose like, oh, I don't want to repent, but I'd still like to go to heaven. Well, that's not Burger King. You don't get to have it your way. Amen. If you want to be blessed by the Lord, you don't get to have it your way. If you, if you want to walk in divine health, you don't get to have it your way. There's, there's certain things you have to do. If you want God to bless you, if you want to make it into heaven, we go on his rules. It's like people who say, well, I believe, I know, the, I know Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and the, no man comes to the Father but by me. But I just believe that, you know, God, if he was really merciful, he's going to let anybody in who wants to come in, you know, because we're all kind of good people anyway. But he said, I'm giving you a bridge, and that bridge is called Jesus. Amen. You don't get to go through Muhammad. You don't get to go through Buddha. It's Jesus only. Amen. Amen. So you can't pick and choose. Ah, this Jesus character, he's too white for me. I'm going to go find someone who's, you know, a little more darker skinned. People come up with stuff. That's the white person's God. People come up with stuff, right? But you don't get to have it your way. It doesn't matter what color he is. I'm not concerned about his color. I'm concerned about making sure heaven's my home. Amen. If that's you, why don't you give the Lord an amen on that? Amen. Amen. And so, turn with me, if you would, to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi 3. Malachi is right at the end of um, the Old Testament, right before Matthew. Verse 8, Malachi 3 eight. Will a man, I'm going to read in the Amplified, Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way do we rob or defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the cursed, for you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income. Just so you know, the word tithe means tenth, which is a tenth. So if you make $100, a tenth is $10. If you make $1,000, a tenth is $100. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And now this is what God says. And prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer, insects and plagues for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts and all nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. I talked about this briefly last night, but there's like a portion of Christianity that just wants it. Uh, There's no responsibility. You don't have to do anything. We're just enjoying the grace of God. We kind of live how we want. We know that God's, there's people who say that God's pre forgiven you for all your sin. You don't even need to repent. If you stick with that, you're going to find yourself in a very dark, hot place once you pass on from here. If you're I'm, I'm pre-repented for all time. That's not how this works. Amen. The Bible says to repent. And, uh, and, and so you find a lot of people now who, who, who believe that Jesus is the tithe. Jesus fulfilled the tithe. We don't have to tithe. But a couple of things, um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the tithe here, but a couple of things. Number one, the tithe was instituted before the law. God spoke actually, number one, in the garden there was never a time, there's never been a time where man could consume everything. Even in the garden, there were trees that were withheld that he couldn't consume. It was ne- it's never been biblical for man to consume everything. And then you see uh, Cain and Abel, and they brought offerings. So they took something of their produce and brought it to God. There's never been a time where there was no responsibility to give, where you could just consume 100% of, of what came in, number one. Number two, the tithe was instituted before the law before the law came in. So it's not, it wasn't part of the, it carried over into the law, but it didn't originate there, it originated before then. Jacob tithed, the the tithe was instituted beforehand. Uh, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. And so then turn with me to Hebrews chapter 7, because people say, well, where's this? And even recently, I don't know if, you know, maybe you don't pay too much attention, but there was a minister who um, taught heavily on the tithe, and then in the last six months, came out a few months ago and basically said, I was wrong, tithing's no longer biblical, and changed it up. But anytime someone has a case for not tithing, they always leave out this passage in Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, it says, verse 4. Let's read verse one. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First, being by interpretation king of righteousness. This is this is before the law. This is Abraham. Abraham came hundreds of years before Moses came, and Moses brought the law. So this is before the law. Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First, being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that, king of Salem, which is king of peace. This Melchizedek was a type of Jesus. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abides a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of his soils, spoils. And verily they that are the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take times of people. So you have Abraham, his son was Isaac, his son was Jacob, and then from Jacob came the twelve tribes. And so the tribe of Levi, Levi which, was, which was the tribe that, ate, that Israel tithed to. I talked about it last night, but Israel tithed to, the different tribes tithed to Levi. Levi the Levitical tribe didn't get a land, they, so they couldn't, this was a farming group, they didn't have land, so they couldn't have crops, and the other people brought their tithe. So, so uh, the Levitical priest, so it says here, Abraham... The patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of his spoils. Verily they, that are sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all, what is Abraham called? He's called the father of faith. He's called the father of faith. So the law came through Moses, but Abraham was the father of faith. The Bible says we're all children of Abraham by faith. We're children of Abraham by faith. It doesn't say we're children of the law. It says we're children of Abraham by faith. I didn't get into becoming a Christian. I didn't get my relationship with God because I'm a Jew. I'm I'm what the Bible calls a Gentile. I'm an outsider. If I'm going to look around, I'm going to say probably the vast majority of us in here are not Jewish by birth. I don't know, you might have one who did Ancestry.com and is like, I'm 2.4% Jewish or something like that. But I don't think we have any like, are there any Goldsteins in the house tonight? Any Steins at all? Something Steen? Any, Any? all right, didn't think so. Without all the contradiction, the less, uh, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed or the better. And here men that die, listen to this, verse 8, And here, men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them. Who? Of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Who lives? Who died and rose again? Jesus Christ. Here, men receive tithes, and there he receives them. Who receives them? Jesus Christ is receiving your tithe in heaven today. I know when the bucket passes and you write out a 10% check, that you got paid on the 15th or on the first of the month, and you write out, what's the date today? Today's the 16th. So if you got paid on the 15th and your check comes in and you write out your 10%, it's it comes to River Church Dickinson. River Church Dickinson goes down to the bank and cashes it. And, and it looks like, hey, it went from here to River Church. What actually happened is when you put that in, Jesus receives your 10% in heaven. And that's why I read last night, and you have to know that it's not just a tax to keep the church going. Hey, I believe in the church, so let's keep it going. That's not what this is. This is, for, this is first you towards God. God has the responsibility of paying for the church to stay open. But he uses people. So you're participating in that. If you don't participate, the Lord will find somebody else who will. That's how it works. The Lord raises people up. But I believe, I believe... That if every person who received from the Word of God and was part of a church simply obeyed the Word of God, that they would never be lack. Why do I say that? Well, you don't know what type of job I have. You don't know the income that I have. You don't know, you know, what if everyone uh, uh, everyone in my church works at this plantation and we only make so much? The principle of tithing, God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there may be meat in my house prove me now. And what do you say? The result of you taking your 10%, even if your job pays you $360 a week, 360 bucks a week, and you work $10, I don't know. You know, I don't know how stuff works down here. I don't know. I know there's minimum wage stuff. I think it's more than that. But let's just say $360 a week. Even if you take your $36 and you put it in the bucket, the the principle is, and God is God is on the hook that he said, he said, prove me in this and see if I will not open for you. Everyone say for me. Open for you the windows of heaven or that really it's floodgates because no one, people don't pour things out of a window. It's I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive it. When you think (laughs) About people who are in farming and and bringing in what does that mean that the crop would be so abundant that you'd have to build bigger barns that your that your 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 crop would be such a bumper harvest that you would have to hey can I borrow your barn you'd have to find the closest person who wasn't tithing hey can I can I borrow your barn hey I just got blessed with another vehicle do you have a place I could keep this one hey I I got blessed with this couple extra snowmobiles do you have an extra place in your garage I can just keep this one for a little while where there's so much that there's not room enough to receive it. Hey, I got blessed with another piece of heavy machinery. I don't have room for it. Can you keep it? Lord, I'm going to need you to bring me some land because I don't have room for all of this. You're blessing me with all this and I don't have room for it. God says, I don't see this elsewhere in the Bible. God looks and says, you do this. You bring all the tithe into the storehouse and prove me. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven. So what happens? Someone's getting paid $360 a week. They give their $36. And God will see to it that you do not stay there. Because part of money for us as as believers is a test. You know, God doesn't actually care about money. God doesn't use currency. God doesn't have to pay a light bill in heaven. Got to feed the angels. You know. We got, we got a pretty good medical plan for, and medical's getting more expensive. God doesn't have bills. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, if he needs something, he speaks. He doesn't need our currency. But the reason it matters to him is because it matters to us. And we know the Bible says, you probably all heard this before, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So, so people say, well, I don't love money. Well, if if you see a commandment in the Word, and maybe this is the first time you're hearing this, as clear as it is, that this is not a law thing that passed away, like, oh, we don't have to sacrifice. I'm glad we don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats. I'm glad one of the rena- revival nights is not, hey, bring your bulls in, and we're going to cut them open, drain the blood out, and then pour it on the... Su-. If you read through, like, the old covenant, the things they had to do, I'm really glad. You know, it summarized it, like, like Solomon sacrificed a thousand a thousand, I don't know if it was cows or lamb or whatever, but a thousand pieces of cattle to God in one day. Can you imagine, all right, if I bring you a cow, how long will it take you? (laughs) You know, maybe someone knows. There was one time I was, I was teaching in healing school and I was talking about Jesus making a whip and, uh, And then he, in in the Bible, he made a whip and he drove out the people with the money changers. And I'm like, who knows how long it takes to make a whip? And a guy, and I think he was actually from North Dakota, a guy in the back, I was like, who knows how long it takes to make a whip? He's like, about an hour. He just spoke up by us. About an hour. Like, oh, is that right? Yeah, about an hour today. Make a good whip, about an hour. It's like, okay, thank you for telling me. Jesus sat down for an hour, made a whip, and then stood up. That's premeditated murder if you kill someone at that point. How long did it, you, wait. You didn't just find a sharp stick and stab him with it. You've, you made that thing. <laughs> You're going to jail, my brother. <laughs> How long does it take? About an hour. How long does it take? A thousand cattle. How long does it take to sacrifice a thousand cattle? That's, that's not, you know, our offerings now are quick. You know, back, back then, bring your offering was your crop, your cattle. Your, your I mean, it was a literal zoo when you brought an offering. Here, I'm bringing in my geese. You got my, I'm giving you the best of my geese. Here are my eight geese. You know, I heard a story about, um, I think it was Lester Sumrall. as a minister. He's gone home to be with the Lord. But he talks about how uh, he started preaching in the Great Depression. And people just didn't have money. And so he would take up an offering and it would be so little. And he's like, I can't survive. And the Lord said, these are, far-, he was preaching in people's farmhouses. So you'd get, you'd go to a farmer and just said, can I have a meeting? And word would get out and people would come. These farmers would come. And he started teaching on this. And instead of, <laughs> instead of taking the tithe in money, he just said, all right, this is, he taught on the principle and just said, bring, bring from your cattle, bring from your animals. And you're giving it to God. You know, when you realize that this isn't about helping a church, it's about, it's about your responsibility to give to God what he's desired of you. And the reason he does this, the Bible says in Matthew six twenty one. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you can love, you can give without loving. Christmas time's coming up. I said this last night. Christmas time's coming up. You might have that one person in your family that you hate buying gifts for because they're just a jerk. And you like, the fact that you actually have to spend any money on them, like grinds your gears. And and so you can give without loving. Just take it. Bro, I guess I had to do something. Just take it. And then, but you can't love without giving. You know, uh, it's coming up to my anniversary. If it comes to my anniversary and I say, sweetie, I just want to tell you, I thought about giving you a gift this year. And it's the thought that counts. She would say, no, it's not the thought that counts. It's the gift that counts. For anyone in you who's married or getting married, it doesn't matter what they say. Uh, Valentine's Day doesn't matter. It matters. You always do something at your level you always do something it's definitely not the thought that counts ever whoever said that lied that was a feminist propaganda to get men in trouble with their wives i'm anyway let's move on (laughs) you you can't you the bible says in john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave so this is what god instructed us to do and, you know, I'm really glad that you can open the word and see what does God actually require of me. Because I want to be in God's good books. I want to be, I be in, a, in right standing with the Lord. And so this is something that God instituted, number one, to prove the sincerity of our love. Oh, I love God. Okay, show me. It's the same thing, why you come in the first day of the week, Sunday, the first day of the week, and you give the best part of the day, the morning time, to the Lord, Sunday morning. That's you saying, Lord, this is the first day of the week. I'm setting aside the first of it to come. And, and uh, I, I'm the traveling evangelist, so I get to say everything. Maybe they, they say it anyway. But that's why I, I, I just don't understand... When people, now a week like this, people can come as they want to come. People are hungry. People, people are hungry for a touch from God and people come. And I'm very grateful that you guys have taken time, especially with the weather as it is, we, you know, to come. But Sunday morning for me is not optional. Well, I, I didn't feel like going today. Well, I don't care. That's when you pick yourself up and say, Ryan, shut up. I don't care how you feel. I'm going to church. You, sit, you talk to yourself. I'm not I, Ryan, I'm not listening to you. Shut up, we're going to church today. And I don't just say that because I'm employed by a church. I said that way before I was employed by a church. There are no Sundays going out on the boat, Sundays going out hunting, Sundays going out this. Sunday is my, de- is my way of showing God, God, I'm dedicated and everything revolves around what you told me to do. And I believe in that. And then it's the same thing with the tithe. The Bible says bring all the tithe. So it's taking the first 10% and saying, God, I'm showing you that my heart is in this. Because one of the things that we see is when people start to backslide, the first thing that happens is they stop giving. When someone's going to leave a church, their money leaves the church long before they leave. The money drops, oh, I'm not giving there anymore. And so it's a practical way where you tell God, God, I love your kingdom, I love you, and I'm doing this because I want you to know you still have my heart. If someone's going to get a divorce they're not, they're, and they're planning the divorce, they're not giving gifts People who are planning a divorce, if the divorce is being planned, they're not buying elaborate birthday gifts out of their love for each other. They're not doing it because love gives. A heart that loves is a heart that gives. When you fall in love with somebody, you like look for opportunities to bless them. You know, you, 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 with my wife, you, you look for opportunities. How can I bless this person? What can I do to surprise them? What can I do to bless them? What can I do to make them smile? How can I give to them? That's what love does. It opens that up. Where you're like, I, I just, how can I do this? If I had it, I'd do it. I wish I could buy this for that person. And, and there's a heart that wants to bless. And that's the heart of God. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. And so God instituted this as a protection for us. But as a, ca- a command to test our heart. Because he knew otherwise people would grow attached. If you look, you saw how Jesus talked about money. And he said, people think about money. He said, don't worry. He said, I'll take care of you. And then he said, it's where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God understood that while unsaved people would be off chasing money and working six days a week and doing these things. You know, he even did this for, uh, for Israel, where he said, work six days a week and rest on the seventh. Take a day and honor me with that day. Why? That was an act of faith. While every other nation was working, it's not like it is now, where there's a work week, and you're only allowed to work 40 hours a week because whoever it is, you know, it's not OSHA. Whoever it is says you can't work more than, you know, whatever. Then there's overtime. There's, like, limits and all these things. There's all this. People would just work. They'd work seven days a week. And I know some of you people own their own business. They just work. I work seven days a week. When was the last time you had a, uh, a, a day off? Uh, about four years ago. I remember watching a documentary about a guy who, um, uh, a guy who had a sushi uh, restaurant in Japan, and he he worked seven days a week, and he had worked seven days a week for like 30 years straight. They said, "When is the last time you had a day off?" He said, "About 30 years ago." Like he, he just worked, and that's the thinking because people are people, people are working to build their kingdom and they're going after their goals. So God says, "Trust me with 10 percent. Trust me by taking a day off. Trust that I will bless and I will make up a blessing." to the point where all nations will call you blessed. Where the nations that are working seven days a week and not giving 10% away will look and say, how, how is it that they're so abundant, that their lands are so blessed? How is it that their cop, crops produce the way that they do? God's looking to get a blessing to you, but it requires you having an open heart to give. If my hand is closed to give, my hand is closed to receive. I can't receive anything from anyone right now because the hand's closed. The moment you open and you say, God, I trust you. Look, you know, I, even, even if there was no financial harvest and there was no blessing, it would be fine for God to say. It's, it's just the goodness of God that says, hey, by the way, I'm going to bless you. It shows you the heart of God. He could say, hey, give me 30% because I'm God. That's just who I am. I'm God. I saved you. I did all this for you. You owe me 30% and do this with it. And, and no return. But he says, give me 10%. You keep the 90%. That's a pretty good deal. You know, if you think about it, the, re- the fact that you're still breathing is because God's good to you. So the fact that you can breathe is because God's still giving you breath. I remember hearing a minister say he came to the end of his year, and they were going to have a kind of a Thanksgiving uh, uh, end of the year celebration, New Year's Eve service. And he, he was praying He's in Nigeria, and he was praying, and he said, Lord, if, I, if I'm being honest, every, everything that I was believing you for this year, the, the, the main things I was believing you for, none of them happened. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to thank you for when I go to, to this Thanksgiving service. And he was just being honest with the Lord. And the Lord said, okay, get a pen and paper. And he gets a pen and paper. And the Lord said, January 1st, what did you do? He said, I woke up, I went to work. He said, you woke up January 1st? The Lord says to him. He says, yes. He said, did everybody wake up January 1st? He said, no. He said, but you woke up? He said, yes. He said, write that down. Woke up. Did you eat January 1st? Yes. Did everybody in Nigeria eat on January 1st? No. But you ate January 1st? Yes. Write that down. What did you do? On, what did you do? I went to work. You drove in Lagos? And you made it to your destination? Yes. Did everyone in Lagos that day make it to their destination alive? No. Write it down. And then, you know, he gets through the day and he's like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I want to praise you today that I wait, January 1st, I made it up. The fact that we're here and we're breathing is because God loves us and because he's provided for us. The fact that you didn't die 20 years ago is because his hand of protection on you. You know, one of the things to look at is when, when the rapture happens and the Lord takes us out of here and the body of Christ, which is the restraining force on this earth is gone. How how fast things deteriorate. You read in the book of Revelation about what's going to happen after that, how these plagues come, how things accelerate. And, and if the Lord doesn't stop it, that's seven years of tribulation. More than, more than half the population, we, apparently we just passed 8 billion people. That's the new statistic. 8 billion people on planet Earth. Half the population will die in seven years because the devil's able to do whatever he wants. It's only the body of Christ that's keeping him at bay right now. And so you see what the Lord has kept us from. I, and, I, and I believe that only in eternity will we actually tell what, what the devil had planned, but what God prevented for us. And many, many of us could say, hey, I, I saw myself going down this path, the hand of God. You know, if it wasn't for the hand of God, I, I would have killed myself by now. But bless God, I'm not killing myself now. I'm not killing myself any, ever. And I'm going to make the devil pay that he ever tried to mess with my family. Amen? Amen? That's the hand of God. And so God comes, and he blesses us, and then he says, Give this 10% back so that I can bless you and to prove the sincerity of your love. But then people have come and brought other things. Oh, it's not biblical. It's not New Testament. But here you see Jesus receives the tithe in heaven. And so when you give and you make a commitment, God, I'm going to be committed to your kingdom. I'm going to be committed with my funds. And it isn't 10% so 2% goes over here, 2% goes over here. It's 10% to the local church where you get fed the word of God. It's not 10% to a local mini- to a traveling ministry. If, now, if you're in a place, if you're living in Syria, and, and, that, and then you watch online and there's a church that ministers to you, that's where you'd send your tithe. But, but it's where you get fed the word of God. God instituted that as a way to protect you, as a way to keep your heart invested in the kingdom of God, the Bible says, "Where your treasures, there your heart will be also." It's like you sow your heart into the kingdom of God. I don't know if I told this story. I think I told the story earlier in the week, but there was a day I was driving, um, and I yeah, I did. I was in my uh, I had a Mini Cooper at the time. I'm now on the other end. I have a Jeep Gladiator. I uh, there was one time I had I, when I used to have long hair, hair down to here, and I was driving in my Mini Cooper. A guy I shouldn't tell you the story. A guy pulled up in a truck and like looked over, like he sped up and pulled up because all he saw was a cute mini Cooper, and then long hair. And I uh, pulled up and looked at me like he was going to check me out. And he looked, and I turned, and I looked at him, and he was like, you know, and like realized. <laughs> that wasn't the worst. I really shouldn't tell these stories. I, was, I used to work at, when I was like 19, I worked at Sam's Club. I was a vendor, and uh, I was standing over in the section, and this guy called me over. And I, and I walked up, and I didn't say anything. And he's this big Jamaican guy. And I don't know if he just had poor eyesight, but he said, oh, you're, you have such, he, oh, you're so beautiful. What, you're so beautiful. What's your name? And with the deepest voice I could muster, my name is Ryan. And he's like, oh, oh, sorry. And he felt, thought of the long hair. I was like, it's probably time to cut my hair now. So now since then, since I've cut my hair, I'm just heading in the opposite direction. I'm probably going to get a 50 caliber installed on the back of the Jeep. Come to you just to make it look tough. And uh, so no one ever mistakes me for, just in case zombies come to. You know, there's a couple couple reasons. And then, and then when I'm raptured, somebody gets less behind, we'll have a vehicle for the tribulation. They'll be able to go through the head. I'll bless some backslidden person with my vehicle. Amen. you got to think ahead. Amen. <laughs> but the tithe, the tithe is the way that you show God, God, I love you honor you with. Everything I have is yours. All 100% is yours. And you ask me for 10% back. Good that he loves you so much that he'll bless you. And so what will happen is where you start giving your $36 a week, and then the Lord will increase you. And the Lord will open another opportunity. It's impossible if you're, if you're living for the Lord and doing what he said for you to stay small. It's impossible. The Lord will open an opportunity to increase you. Whether it's at your current job, whether it's with the side business, the Lord will open an opportunity to increase you. Because there is a hand of blessing that comes on what you do. And so God is looking to advance His people. God is looking for His people to advance. His people to get bigger. His people to get blessed. So even if, you, even if this was a congregation in Africa and everyone was working on a plantation making very little, if all the church starts to tithe, within a short time, everyone would be a, it would be something that the Lord would create. You know, I remember seeing this, I remember seeing this video and uh, I, it was somewhere in Africa, but someone, there was the side of this hill and I guess someone came up to it and started digging and they found gold in the side of this like hill or this mountain they found a vein of gold. And so all you see are these Africans there and they're chipping away, just pulling chunks of gold out of this thing. The Lord will do that. The Lord will find you a plot of land and and there'll be gold in it. The Lord would figure out a way. There's a blessing. God looks at you and says this, prove me in this. You do it, put me to the test. See if I will not open the windows of heaven. And so I want to tell you, I know know one thing that people said, "Well, I can't afford to tithe." I want to tell you that you can't afford not to tithe, because he says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So either you'll pay your tithe joyfully to God through the offering, or it'll be like putting money in a in a pocket with holes in it, where everything's always falling apart. Why is everything not working? Why is the car always breaking down? There's a supernatural protection. He said, "I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake." It's unbiblical. To, to consume everything that God's given you. But on the other end, there's a blessing that comes. And I want you to begin to see that God's positioned you here at this church where, where other churches, we're gonna put a box by the door. You know, there's churches that get up and they'll say nothing, but they're held accountable. Pastor Rodney, the Lord told Pastor Rodney when he got the breakthrough and he saw it in the word, he said, I'm holding you personally accountable that if you don't teach this, you're responsible for the poverty of my people because the enemy has a grip on people in poverty. Poverty's no fun. Poverty is a grip of the devil. Poverty will keep it. Where I'd like to go win souls, but I got to go work. I'd like to do some, I'd love to be there for revival meetings, but I picked up a babysitting job because I'm not making enough money. I'd like to do this where, where it just controls you. Poverty is a curse. God didn't institute poverty. The devil instituted poverty. I know, I know the Catholic Church tried to dignify it and glorify it. I was listening to the... Uh, sometimes I'll just turn on the, the Christian radio just to hear something that provokes me. So I have th- things to preach on. And I turned on this Christian radio station. It was the Catholic station. And they were talking about one of the, the saints. And it was Saint so-and-so. Not in the Bible, but Saint, you know, Brother so-and-so. And uh, they said, he lived such a holy life. Oh, but the thing that marked his life was the poverty... The level of poverty. He 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 lived at such a level of poverty that he wouldn't he wouldn't own anything new. That when he needed new undergarments, they had to go out and buy new ones and rough them up to make them look used for them to use it. And this they were like saying this like this is a good thing. Like well, all right, what are you going to do in heaven? The streets are made of gold. You know, I, people just don't think things through. All right, in the Garden of Eden, was there? You know, you think about this. In the Garden of Eden, he said, eat freely of all the trees. You know, you know how many, who likes mangoes? I, I'm a, I like mangoes. Who likes bananas? Who doesn't eat any fruit at all? You know that there's over 300 different types of bananas, different types of bananas. You know there's over 200 different types of mangoes. You know that there's a, you know that there's a cotton candy. This isn't man-made. This is a cotton candy flavored mango. It's a mango that tastes like a cotton candy. There's a mango that tastes like lemon, like a uh, lemon curd. There's, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's over 200 different flavors of mango. You know, who knows what, you know, mint, like the little uh, herb mint. You know that there's a mint, there's a chocolate mint. It's not, it's not cultivated. It wasn't like man figured this out in a laboratory. It actually tastes like chocolate mint. It's chocolate. It's chocolate. And God made that. Here God is, hey, have as much as you want. Eat freely. Lord, how many? Yeah, uh, there's a lot. I don't know. There's a lot. I made a lot. I was going to just do one mango, but I thought I'd do a couple hundred. There's not one gray fish in the ocean. There's fish in the ocean that there's really no point whatsoever for their existence. We're going to do one that's going to have spots, and it's going to be, and then we're going to do one that's going to have stripes, and then we're going to do one that has spots and stripes. And it's orange and white. Why? I don't know, I feel like it. Nothing's gonna eat it. Humans aren't gonna benefit from it. You know, if this was, if this was the, the World Economic Forum, it would just be one gray fish that was high in protein. That's all. That's what humans get. One, we need to be efficient. God didn't create for efficiency, God created just out of fun. Why? Well, let's make this. You know, there's a, I saw this video. There's a, I don't know if it's a ram or a goat but that lives in some, some of these mountains, that's the front half is white and the back half is black or the other way around. Like it's split down the middle perfectly. It's a black ram and then you get halfway and it splits and it's completely white. God's like, we'll do black. Let's stop. Okay, let's do white on that side. Perfect. Why? I don't feel like it. I just felt like it. <laughs> No, just no point. That's the God that we serve, the God of abundance, the God who's generous, the God of more than enough, the God who says, prove me. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. The tithe is for you. It's to protect your heart. It's to keep you in love with the Lord. It's, it's, to, it's to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. And if you let God, God would like to bless you. It's the same with healing. If you will let God, God would like to heal you. There's people that, oh, I couldn't receive it. You know, I couldn't, I don't know. It's just too, too much to believe. It's too good to believe that God is so good that he could heal you as well as save your soul from, eternal, from hell. It's too good to believe. So God's looking to bless his people. But I'm telling you, what God wants to do at the River Church at Dickinson is that the Lord would raise you up where you would be a blessing to this city. Where you can take this city. And part of that, I know it's the gospel. But part of that is money. It takes money to get the gospel out. And so I want to challenge you. Because this this, this offering is going to this church. This is tithes and offerings. I want to challenge you to take this challenge in this area. And first of all, return. and, And if you're not tithing, obey the word of God. I believe we have tithers in this place too. But obey the word of God. And that means 10%. So if you get paid $10 an hour and you work 40 hours, It's $400 before tax. You would take $40 and give to the church as your tithe. And then you ask, Lord, an offering. What do you want me to give? That's up to you and the Lord. And offerings are biblical. But that's over and above. And there's no set amount. The Bible doesn't say you need to give 7% offering, 20% offering. It's up to you as the Holy Ghost leads. As the Holy Ghost leads. So you you choose. But But I believe there's maybe even people. You know, there was a time... In my life, and I'm just being very transparent with you. There was a time in my life where I stopped tithing as a, when I was in sales. Somebody came, somebody that I looked up to spiritually, came and talked me out of tithing. Oh, tithing's the old covenant. God gave us everything. You know, we should be just giving as the Spirit leads. It's funny how people who don't tithe, but they give as the Spirit leads, never give more than 10%. They never even give 10%. They, oh, they give, oh, I'll give $20 here, I'll give $40 here. The Lord does this as a protection for you, for your money, and as a way to get blessing to you. And I see the River Church Dickinson being the most blessed church in the city of Dickinson. I see it coming. I see, I see the Lord raising up millionaires out of this place. I see the Lord raising up business owners out of this place. Why? To get the gospel out. This isn't about making someone rich. This isn't about... This is about getting the gospel out and the Lord having an opportunity to bless you. It's just like the Lord doesn't want you to wait to have... How many will believe that when we get to heaven, we'll be joyful? You know, the Lord doesn't want you to wait to get to heaven to have joy. He'd like you to have joy now. How many believe we'll be healed, our bodies will be healed when we get to heaven? Well, God doesn't want you to wait to get to heaven to have a healed body. He'd like to get it to you now. God doesn't want you to, to, how many know we won't have financial worries in heaven? God doesn't want you to wait to heaven to not have financial worries. God wants to bless you so much where you're not concerned where the bill's coming from. And the Lord does that. And so I know this is a message that, that people, well, that, that preacher just wants my money. I, this offering's not coming to me i 'm not here for your money, we don 't travel for people 's money. We travel because God called us to travel and, and maybe you think well that 's what you say now, but th- e- even if we didn 't take up an offering, if there was an offering, the Lord would take care of us it 's not about that. I preach at healing school i don 't get offerings i 've been doing i preach I preach a lot harder than i 'm preaching here. I preach five hours a day, uh, ten days, and I do one on ones with people. This has felt like a vacation for me, so sitting there drinking my coffee, looking out at the snow, reading my Bible, playing with my kids, and then come here and preach. It's felt like a week off. So so I preach a lot harder and we don't don't get offerings there. So this isn't about an offering for me. This is about me doing what God's called me to do. And for you, this is part of God's plan for your life. This is not a secondary thing because this is a direct, you tithing and obeying the word is saying, Lord, the part where man works so hard, to, to, to make sure his money situation is right, to then say, Lord, I trust you, and I'm giving my 10% back to you. And really, all of it's yours. If you said empty out the bank account, I'll empty it out. If you said empty it out, empty it out. Can I tell you one testimony? I'm gonna do it anyway. About the truck. About the truck. This isn't to brag. This is to brag on the Lord. When we came into... I told you about the house. The Lord paid off my house. When we came... Uh, when the Lord paid off my house, I had one debt left, and that was my wife's car, and my car was paid off. I had a Subaru, and, um, and I decided I would never take a personal loan again. This is just me. This isn't, this isn't something you have to do. This is you move forward in faith, and then you can decide. I just said I won't take out a personal loan. This was me personally. So then we went into the ministry, and, uh, and one day, this was back in 20. 21. One day, uh, in the beginning part of the year, the Lord spoke to me to reach into, I, I'd, when I'd been in business, I'd put money aside in savings to, and take a substantial amount out and bless people. And now this is money that's already been tithed off of, I've already given offerings, but this is savings. And the Lord said, take some of that money, a chunk of it, and give it and bless these ministers. So we bless these ministers. And then March came around and uh, s- somebody came up to me and said, hey, I had a dream about you that you got a new truck. And I thought, I like the sound of that. I was driving a Subaru Outback, which there's nothing against Subarus, but I said, this it's like the official car of the Democratic Party, like the Subaru, like the state of Maine, you move there and it, you know you get a Subaru, and it came with a Hillary bumper sticker. Up here, it makes sense because of the snow. So I know there's probably people in here who drive Subarus. It makes sense. In Florida, if you're driving a Subaru, it's a specific political statement. And I didn't realize that when I got it. I just liked hatchbacks, and I got the Subaru Outback. But I was, like, ready to be done with this car. So I was like, all right, Lord, I, I like the sound of that. This cheap. And, um, and so I needed a word from the Lord. And uh, I said, Lord, I need a word from you. And um. Then one day I woke up, and the Lord oftentimes will speak to me about this, speak to me like this, but one day I woke up, and out of my spirit, I, out of my spirit, as I was waking up, I spoke, and I said, out of my mouth, the, the truck's on its way, and it wasn't my head, because I was just, you know, there's that time where you're like coming out of sleep, it was coming out of sleep, and that's how sometimes the Lord will speak to me, I'll feel something in my spirit, or I'll say something out loud, and then I know it's the Lord, and I said, it was the truck's on its way, so then I rejoiced. And then I said, all right, the truck's on its way. Well, if the truck's on its way, then I'm going to get rid of my Subaru now because the truck's on its way. So the Lord spoke to me about who to give my Subaru to. I got it ready. And then that next Sunday, I took my Subaru to another person in the church. And I said, hey, I want to bless you. Uh, Here's my car. And I gave them my Subaru. Why? Because the Lord spoke to me. My truck's on its way. So out with the old to make room with the new. So that was a step of faith to do that. Amen. You just give your car away. Here's my car. Subaru. It's the third car I've given away. I'm going to give away a lot more before I go be with Jesus. It's a lot of fun giving away cars. Amen. When you're a kid, you give away tour cars. When you get older, you just give away uh, real cars. Amen. Give away houses. You give away. I haven't, I, 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 I'm ready to give away more houses. I paid off my mom's house when I was in business. That was the first house I gave away. I'm ready to give away more houses. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I think it sounds like we got a couple of people in here who are also wanting to give away some houses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. If that offends you, uh, pay attention to that. Because it's giving away houses. I didn't ask any of you to give me a house. I'm talking about wanting to give things away to other people. So if you can believe the Lord for it, then believe the Lord for it if there's a provision in the word for it. How many would like, many would like to lay hands on people and they get out of a wheelchair? You'd like to, that'd be awesome to you. Man, if I could lay hands on somebody and they like, they can't walk and then now they can walk, you'd be like, man, that'd be amazing. Let me see your hands. It's the same thing. Lord, if I could go help someone who's homeless and get them saved, get them delivered, and get them into a home and bless them with a car, that, that'd be awesome. But you have to be positioned to do that. That's the heart of God to be able to do that sort of thing. So anyway, so I gave this car away, and then uh, I'm believing the Lord. And then someone came up to me the Sunday and said, the Lord spoke to me, and here's a check for $5,000 towards a new car. And I said, thank you, Lord. That was an encouragement to me because it wasn't $20. If someone said $20 towards a new car, well, $20 gets about a quarter of a tank of gas. No, no. Uh, yeah, a quarter, quarter about a quarter of a tank of gas but it was five grand so I said hey that's something right and so then I just started believing the Lord because I didn't have money to go get it and so I said Lord if you if you want me to have a new car you have to pay for the whole thing and I'm not taking out a loan so I'm not asking to get a down payment I'm you're going to need to pay for it and I started believing the Lord can I just speak plainly to you I said okay so I started believing the Lord. And I had always wanted a Toyota Tacoma. It had kind of been the truck that I had my eyes on, like, my whole younger life. I liked the Tacoma. And so I started looking at it. I went down. I went down to the dealership, and uh, I looked at this Tacoma, and I test drove it. And then I sat down, and I made the mistake of saying, I'm a cash customer. It's, not, it's the worst thing you can say. They give you a terrible deal. You always tell them, I'll do financing. We'll figure out the details. And then if you're paying cash, you pay cash. You trick them because you get a better deal when you're financing. Just so you know, if you're buying a new car, never say "cash customer." It's the worst. All right, there. I learned you something. Probably you probably already knew that. Anyway, so uh, and then they write down thirty-one thousand. Give me this thing, and I walk out. And as I look at it, I said thirty-one thousand. And I looked at my wife. I said thirty-one thousand. I'm not a thirty-thousand-dollar truck guy. I'm a fifty-thousand-dollar truck guy. And that came out of my spirit, and it kind of caught me by surprise. But I knew. I know the difference of things I say. Out of my mind. And then what the Lord says out of my spirit. I, I know the difference. Oh, 50,000. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong truck. And so I started believing the Lord. And every day, Lord, I thank you the truck's on its way. And my brother let me borrow his Jeep. He has a big Jeep uh, uh, four, a Jeep Wrangler. It's all kitted out. It's got like the Kevlar paint on it. And uh, um, it's pr- pretty mean. Lifted lifted wheels. And so I'm driving this thing around. He was out of town. So I'm driving this thing around. And... Um, and then I just said, every day I'd wake up. Lord, I want to thank you for my new car. Lord, you said the truck's on its way. Lord, if you want me to have a new car, I think you're paying for it. And then money just started coming from everywhere. I don't even know. Money started coming from everywhere. People come up, here's $1,000. There's a time I was preaching in healing school. I was preaching. And while I'm preaching with the microphone, uh, a guy walks up and hands me 100 bucks. Like, like right now, like if I'm preaching and someone walked up and gave me a handshake and gives me 100 bucks in front of everybody and I'm preaching. It had never happened like that before and so I took it and I put it in my pocket. Later that week, while I'm preaching, someone walks up and hands me $5,000 in cash in hundreds. It was big and he, like I'm preaching like this and it's a room of 80 people and this guy gets up and, and I thought he's going to the bathroom and he walks up and walks right up to me and hands me this and I take this thing and it was so big, I put it in this pocket and you could see like it bulged there. And I'm like, this is so, such, it never happened like that before. And the Lord just sent people. Money started coming, money started coming. I told you about that brick last night that I sold for $8,000. That helped pay for the last $8,000 of the truck. But anyway, the money came in and $50,000 came in for this Jeep Gladiator. Someone bought me new wheels for it. I paid for the lift kit. I paid for the, the upgrades. And the Lord paid cash. I went down to the dealership in Miami and, and took, uh, check for, took $10,000 $10, cash and took a check for the rest and paid cash for that vehicle. And the Lord paid for it all. I didn't pull any money out of my bank account. I, the Lord brought it in supernaturally. And that's the blessing. That's the heart of God towards you. Religion would say, well, did you have to get a new car? No, I didn't. I didn't have to get a new car. I didn't have to get a $50,000 car. I could have got a $12,000 car but I wanted a $50,000 car, and I wanted a new car, and I wanted a Jeep Gladiator, and I wanted it to be mean, and I wanted it to be lifted, and I wanted to lose gas mileage by lifting and putting these huge gas. I got a diesel, so it'd be loud and terrible for the environment. I wanted all of those things, and the Lord brought in the money to have it. Oh, it's gas, diesel, so it's it's such a scam. Diesel went up, five dollars a gallon, gas went up. $5 Five dollars a gallon, and now gas has come back down, and diesel's higher. Five forty. G- I don't care. It Doesn't matter. The Lord has to pay for it anyway. If he paid for the truck, if he brought in fifty for the truck, he can pay for my gas. I, it doesn't matter to me. The price of gas makes no difference to my life. It can go to ten dollars a gallon. It makes no difference to me, because the Lord has to take care of me. And He, ga- Lord, you gave me this car. I know I prayed for it, but you paid. You pr- you brought it in. You gave the okay. So you have to pay for the gas. The Lord is looking to bless His people. The Lord is not looking to withhold from you. The Lord is looking to bless you. And I'll even say this. The Lord has a plan to get you from where you are to abundance. He has an actual financial plan for you. And it's not, a, it's not just all a Dave Ramsey, you know, make your coffee at home financial plan. It's a blessing where you can see this is the hand of God. This is the, you know, if you're going down to the casino and spending $1,800 a weekend at the casino, maybe stop. Maybe don't do that. Maybe keep that money, give your tithe, and, and let the Lord bless you. And you'll save $1,800. So if there's things like that, maybe there are some practical changes. Oh, uh, my, my, my alcohol bill last year was $22,000. I'm not speaking personally. I'm just giving examples here. I don't drink, just so you know. I don't even drink kombucha. Zero alcohol content in, my, in, my, in, in, in what I drink. And uh, one amen, a few sighs. And some, some growls. <laughs> but, th- but the Lord has blessing for you. And he said, prove me now in this. And so I want to tell you, River Church Dickinson, as you allow the Lord to open your heart to give, it's, it's you telling God, God, I love you and I want people to know. And I want to have an actual proof. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 9, God loves a cheerful... Let's turn there before we give you an opportunity to So, 2 Corinthians 9. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. <clears throat> but I say, but this I say, he that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Now, this isn't talking about the tithe. This is an offering for the church at Jerusalem. So this is over and above the 10%. And then he says, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And this is the result. God is able. Everyone say, God is able. able. Listen to this. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. You know, grace, people have used definitions, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. I, I don't really understand what that means. Grace is God giving you the ability that you don't have to do what he's told you to do. So Paul said, I've worked harder than all the other apostles. But it wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, I used to persecute the church, and now I'm building the church. God's grace did that. It's like, it's like God giving you his muscles to lift the bar. The bar is too heavy for me. God gives you his muscles. You lift the bar. God's grace is God's ability. So he says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you would always have all sufficiency. Please hear. This is God's financial plan. For every person here, if you will let him and if you will obey the word of God. You ready? Tell me how this sounds to you financially. God is able to make all grace abound. That word means come to you in abundance. Abound towards you. And this will be the result of God's grace on your life. You ready? So that you would always, say always, Always. have all sufficiency in all things to abound to every good work. Well, what does that mean? That means that every time there's a good work that comes around, hey, we're, we're building out the church. Hey, I, I've got all sufficiency for that good thing. Hey, that's a good thing. Hey, we're doing an outreach, and we're going to give away a car. Let's, let's rent a st- stadium here. Is there a stadium here? Is there a football stadium, baseball stadium? Is there a place that seats more than 2,000 people in Dickinson? Yes? Let's rent it out let's flyer, let's invite people, let's give away a car, let's preach the gospel, let's get people saved and, and, and get, them, uh, get them into the kingdom of God. That takes money. Okay, let's do that. Well, I have sufficiency. I'm going to donate the car for that. I, oh, I'm paying for the thing for that. Where people you would be so blessed that you would line up to say, no, I'm paying for that. No, let me pay for that. No, I want to pay for the sign. Now I want to pay for the build out. Now I want to pay for the kids church. Now I want to pay for that. No, let me do that. Where God would infect you with such a love for his kingdom. Lord, as you bless me, really it takes, all it takes is you taking your grip like the world is, such a grip on their money to say, Lord, I love you. It's all yours. Here's your 10%. You told me to keep the 90% and then give as you lead. If you tell me to give all of it, it's all yours but Lord, I love you so much, it's all yours. My life is yours. My money is yours. Whatever you want. And then you'll realize that God's not a wicked God that wants you to live out on the streets while the church is being rebuilt. He'll say, you give, and I'll bless. You give, I'll bless. You give, I'll bless. God is looking to raise up people in this church that he can bless, that he can And if you're a giver and you're a tither, then then this is the time where you say, thank you, Lord. I'm going from glory to glory and strength to strength. And you start to open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. Every day you open your mouth. Lord, thank you that I'm rich and I'm getting richer. You know, I say that every day. Thank you, Lord. I'm not afraid to say that. The Bible says in Proverbs 10.22, write this down if you have family members that don't believe in prosperity. Not, not that you need to convince them, but if they overhear you saying, hallelujah, I'm rich and I'm getting richer. Well, what, uh, that, you, you know the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, but Proverbs 10.22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. I wake up and say, thank you, Lord. I live a sorrow-free, rich life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You'll enable me to give more this year than I've ever given before. Thank you, Lord. You'll enable me that next year I'll give double tw- three times as much that I gave this year. Thank you, Lord. You're taking me from glory to glory. Lord, can, I, can you env- enable me to give away another car this year? You know, you start where you are. The first time I believed for, for money to give, it was $20. And then another time I believed for $1,000. Another time I believed for $5,000. And then you, you start increasing. And you start increasing. Lord, would you allow me to be a part of that? You know, because I think God, no, not I think, I know. God made it that we should live from a perspective of eternity. That we can look and see things from a a higher perspective. and, And see our life, our life is so small. But Lord, I want to have treasure stored up for what I did. I uh, for my time on this earth. I want to know I want I I, want to be able to invest my money. I want to lay not up for myself treasure on earth but treasure in heaven. I don't want to get to heaven and have nothing to show for my life. I want to be a soul winner. I want to be someone who gives. I want to be generous. I want to be obedient. I want to do everything the word told me to do like Peter. Lord if I if I can walk on the water let me come walk on the water. If I can walk on the water in this area. Lord if I can give away a house. Lord would you bless me so I can give away a house. Lord, would you bless me so I, can, so I can pay for this at the church? Would you bless me? That something rises up on the inside that you say, I'm going to be a part of what God's doing in my city. You know, God put you here for such a time as this. You may not be called to the ministry, but you are called to Dickinson. You are called, if you're a part of this church... If you're not a part of this church, you should be. If you're a part of this church, you are called to Dickinson. You're called, even if you're not called to be in the five-fold ministry, you are called to be a soul winner, and you're called to move the gospel forward in this city. And money is a direct part of that. You reaching in and saying, God, I'm going to take my blood, sweat, tears, hard work, and show you, prove the sincerity of my love. And put this in your kingdom. Amen. Can I hear an amen for that? Amen. amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow. I'm going to ask the ushers to pass out the envelopes. This is your church tithe and offering. You know, there may be people in here who you stopped tithing. Or you've never, never tithed. I want to encourage you to catch up. To catch up. There was a time where I told you that someone talked me out of tithing. And then there was... I wasn't... I was, You know, maybe I would say I was a little bit backslidden at the time. And then when I came back, the Lord touched my heart and he really put on my heart to actually catch up the tithes that I had missed. So there was a day where I I, I was out for work. I was in Chicago and I sent, I called in and and gave a credit card. And I don't remember the amount, but it was in the thousands, my tithe. And I got a call from Pastor Eric, who's Pastor Rodney's right-hand man. And he said, hey, I just wanted to call you because we saw this amount. Is this right? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, we have to process this in two transactions. I said, yes, sir. And I don't remember if I told him or not, hey, I stopped tithing and now I'm catching up. But I got that phone call from, I don't think my wife even knew that story, from Pastor Eric. Hey, and that was me because the Lord said, hey, you, you, I've blessed you and I've kept blessing you. Catch up. So maybe, maybe you stopped tithing because of something or somebody and maybe you never have. But ask the Lord, Lord, how, how can I make it right? And, and the Lord will bless you and the Lord will honor you. And if this is the first you're hearing, then start from today and and make a make a commitment to God. Maybe I you know, maybe I, well, I should give an altar call. Yeah. <laughs> altar call. Your commitment, rededicating your life to tithe. But, it, but but the Lord wants good for you, and it's really a protection for you. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you if your if your treasures in the football, your heart will be in football. If your treasures in to, to the vehicles, your heart will be in vehicles. If your treasure's in the kingdom of God, your heart will be in the kingdom of God. So tonight would be a night for your tithe. Tonight would be a night, and then also ask, ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give? And the Lord will speak to you. The Lord will say, hey, give this. I want to bless you. Give this. The Lord's using this church as a lighthouse for this area. And I know you see the process of it, and you see, you know, you, you, it's like a, a, a it's like, I always think of it like this: a church is growing, and it's like a child that you're with them every day, and so you don't see the growth, and other people come and you see it. But we were here four years ago, and we're here now, and we can tell the difference. We can tell that this is a healthy, this is a healthy church that's growing. And I'm telling you, as as you guys move forward, and as the church aligns together and comes and says we're gonna we're gonna be on board, but really it takes every member being on board. It takes every member being on board, and saying we're all in. We're in with our finances. We're backing the gospel with our finances. And then it's, it's for your blessing as well. Amen. So I ask the Lord tonight, what would he have you give? And, uh, and be obedient. Amen. Well, let's pray. Everybody ready? Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your provision. I thank you for every person that's hearing your word and responding tonight. Thank you for supernatural increase. Lord, would you show them how the word is working for them immediately after their obedience in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that while we're here and people have honored you, I thank you that you reward them in Jesus' name. Let this week be a week of financial turnarounds for your people, that people would have financial testimonies by the end of this week in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for these last two months, that November and December will be the best two months financially that your people have ever had in Jesus' name name if you believe it give the lord an amen tonight and then you can go ahead ushers you can bring the buckets up and uh we'll give you an opportunity to sell and then turn and then turn on your expectors hallelujah this wendy's ready turn on your expectors tonight it's going to be a great night we're going get- to we're going to minister and lay hands on people and uh and you'll be blessed amen so when you get back to your seat begin to talk to the lord do you, can you put on that song, Miss Wendy, You Make Me Rich, that number one?
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You make me rich. You've given me your blessing. You can turn that up. Thank you.
1: I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going out, and I'm blessed coming in with riches from heaven that had no sorrow. You've opened a window that no man can close. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Let's lift our hands all over this place. Father, we thank you for your anointing. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this place. Touch every hungry heart. Thank you for what you've done so far, but Lord, we're hungry for a touch from you tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19, and I'm going to read from verse 1, Luke 19. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, He that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is to come, the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. You know, there's a, there's a principle in the Word of God on spiritual hunger and that's what i want to talk to you tonight about the anointing and spiritual hunger when you talk about revival revival is birthed out of the hunger of the people when when someone comes through that's a revivalist what happens is the word of god and the anointing births a hunger on the inside of people for more of god and for a touch of god and really the 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 emphasis behind it is lord we have to see you do i have to see you do something in my life. Lord, I'm tired of living the way that I'm living. There has to be more. That's what hungers for. Lord, I've been living this way, but I need you to do something in me. Lord, I see in the word that there's something greater than what I'm experiencing. Lord, make up the difference in me. Lord, what I see in the New Testament church, what I see in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, in the early church, in the apostles, I don't, I, I, I seem to be a life, living a life that's separated from that. Lord, I see people who walked with you. I don't feel like I walk closely with you. Lord, I see people who walked in miracles. I want to walk in miracles. Lord, I see people who, who had this in their life. I want to have that in my life. There's something that God does that, that uh, the hunger comes on the inside where you look and say, Lord, I can't stay the, the same way that I am now. Come and do something in me, and that's what revivals birthed out of. So tonight, I want to pull on your heart that their hunger is birthed on the inside. Now I know it's Wednesday night; it's cold, the wind's blowing, and I know I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. But per adventure, there's anyone who comes out of duty comes to to watch. Oh, this, these family, this this couples come up from Florida. You know, he preaches louder, he yells more than what I've heard. We'll go and sit in. There has to come a hunger. And because the Holy Ghost comes to visit people who are hungry. And that's the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus got so hungry to have Jesus do something for him. Zacchaeus was living the life of a sinner. He was living the life of a tax collector. Tax collectors were notorious from robbing people. Where he'd come in and say, hey, you got to do this. Hey, t- I'll take a little more. I'll take that over there. I want that over there. And because they were a government official, people just had to do it. That's why Jesus said, if someone takes your coat from you, give him your if someone takes your jacket from you give him your coat as well if he takes your tunic give him your coat as well because that sort of thing went on it wasn't like you call a number and complain my tax collector took more the tax collector showed up and hit what he did was in force it's not like it is today and so he lived a life of a sinner and when he heard about Jesus he heard that people were coming and repenting he heard that people were coming and there was something on the inside of him that said I've got to have more than what I have today I've got to have a touch from God. I've got to visit with this man Jesus. There's something about him. I want to tell you, church, there's still something about Jesus that attracts people. That's why you can never look and say, well, they weren't interested in the gospel. Because everyone deep down is interested in the gospel. Because Jesus is the most wonderful person that history has ever known. Jesus is so wonderful that even people who reject him and hate him, if they ever met him, they'd love him. If they ever got to know the real Jesus, it's the Jesus they think they know that they hate. It's religion that they hate. It's bondage of religion. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Where there's no love, have to go to church, have to do this. Oh, religion started all these wars. That's not Jesus. Jesus didn't start wars. Jesus came to, Jesus came to give us peace with God. He didn't come to give us war with, our, with other countries. Jesus came to bring peace on the earth, and he will one day. He'll be the supreme ruler of this earth one day, and there'll be peace on every side. But there's still something about that Jesus, I want to tell you. There's still something about his presence. He can take a broken heart and mend it in one moment. He can take depression and destroy it in one moment. He can take broken bones and heal them in one moment. He can take marriage problems and heal them in a second. He's the God of breakthrough. He's the God of love. He's the God. He's not a God who wants to add burdens to you. He's a God who wants to take burdens from you. He wants to lift the heavy burden. Like we heard that sister testify. And she said, i had been dealt with childhood trauma and in one moment it broke off me and I feel what did she say she said I feel like I'm alive again that's what the gospel does that in one moment in the presence of God he'll make you feel he'll make your emotions come back to life I know what it's like to mess my emotions up where I don't feel anything you know there was a time I know this seems silly but there was a time I played so much video games I was playing six seven eight hours a day that I felt like I lost all my emotions I'd go to church I'd see people cry in the presence of God and I couldn't cry I felt like I had broken myself my emotions are broken and I felt that Lord I'd like to cry I don't know how to cry my crier is broken but but God came by his anointing and he bound up the broken heart God touched me in my emotions God made gave me normal emotions again God will risk rest- that's what it means to restore your soul God will make it where, you don't, where where it isn't only highs and lows. That God will even you out where it's a good life. Where you wake up with joy and you go to sleep with joy. That you don't even try, but you're full of joy. That's the God that we serve. He's the burden lifter. He's the yoke destroyer. He's the one who destroys. You know, you, the, the devil comes to bind. Sin comes to bind. God comes to liber, liberate. Sin comes to put you in chains. God comes to set you free. God doesn't want you in bondage to everything to anything but hunger God will pass over the spectator to come to the hungry person so what does that mean that means from the inside you begin to talk to the Lord Lord I'm hungry for you Lord you got to do something in me tonight Lord I need a touch from you Lord, just one touch from the master's hand. Lord, I I need a touch from you. I want you to do something for me. Lord, I want to know your presence before I come and see you face to face. Lord, I want to know joy again like when I was a child. Lord, I want to be set free again. I don't want to live my own life, Lord. I want to live the life you have for me. I want joy unspeakable. I don't want to be mad at all my relatives. I want joy. I don't want to hate people. I want to love people. I don't want to be angry at the world. Lord, I want to love the world. I want to love sinners. I don't want uh, the most common an emotion I feel is frustration towards people. Lord, I want love in my heart for people. I want to love like Jesus loves. Lord, I want, to, I want to be generous like you're... I want that heart of compassion. I want to want souls. Lord, would you do a work in me? That's what revival is. It's you crying out to God for yourself. Lord, do a work in me. Lord, I know maybe I've, I've stepped too far into sin, but Lord, I know you can restore my innocence once again. I know you can restore the joy of my salvation. You know there's joy to your salvation. And when you'll begin to say, Lord, I'm setting aside. What does it mean? It means to set aside the things of the day. To set, we, don't, we don't do these meetings just because we got nothing else to do. It's a place to come and see the power of God work for you. Like we had our sister testify. And, 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 and the other lady that testified. Addiction on my life. Strongholds. Things in my life. Heaviness that I just felt break off. And many of you could testify the same thing. Man, I just felt things lift off my shoulders. That's what the gospel does. That's what the devil hates. That's what the gospel is for. That's what the power of God is for. Where he takes someone diagnosed bipolar and in one moment under his joy sets them free and gives them a right, puts them back in their right mind. That's the presence of God. That's what only God can do. You know what it is? I mean, we all have a confidence. Man, when I get to be with Jesus, everything will be made perfect. My body will be perfect. My mind will be perfect. He'll wipe every tear away from my eye. I'll be joyful. Well, his presence is available to you now. And so even a small measure of that presence of heaven that'll come, he can do that work now. He can heal your body now. He can restore your soul now. He can take out that hardened heart. I know life comes at people. And then you're bombarded with things on every side. Difficulty in the family. This person doing this. Family member commits suicide. Friend dies in a tragic accident life is difficult i'm not here to say it's easy life is life the devil hates people the devil does his best to ruin people's lives but i'm telling you this this the story of jesus is not a story about the devil the devil's not the main character jesus is the main character and i want to tell you tonight by his anointing he'll come and touch you tonight if you open your heart he'll come and fill you with joy he'll fill you with physical actual joy till you overflow Uh, He'll fill you with joy till you fall out your seat laughing. He'll fill you with his supernatural joy where you can't stop laughing. Not because a joke is funny, but it bubbles out from the inside of you. That's the anointing. He gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He gives you the oil of joy for mourning. There's an actual anointing of joy. He gives you the oil of joy for mourning. The oil of joy for mourning. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The Bible says of Jesus that he was anointed with the oil of gladness. That means there's an anointing to make you full of joy. Hallelujah. I don't know why religion is so upset about joy. Joy is a good thing. There's certainly not an anointing for depression. I mean, if it is, it's the devils. There's an anointing of joy. Hey, the Bible says that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. So you can say, I'm the most joyful person I'll know. The Lord's lightened my load. I want to tell you, if I could give you any gift tonight, it would be the joy of the Lord. Why? You know, that actually makes you spiritually strong. Why do you need spiritual strength? So when the devil tries to come get you discouraged, you got enough strength to fight him off. Devil, I'm not taking your nonsense. That's what joy does. You let him fill you with his joy tonight. He'll give you your strength back. Some of you have been feeling spiritually weak because you let let the devil steal your joy. He's a joy thief. But tonight Jesus wants to come and fill you to overflow once
2: again. Hallelujah. I'm not waiting until I see him face to face. I'll have my joy now. Hallelujah. Rem le barada. And I don't know if I can have joy. I want to tell you, you can have joy. If you're born again and the
0: Holy Ghost is living in you, you can have joy. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is the source of joy. And if He's living in your spirit, then bless God, you can have some joy. It's not an amusement of the mind, it's a river of God in your spirit. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. I got a river of joy flowing out of me. Hallelujah. Makes the, makes the sad to laugh. Hallelujah. And the, and the sad to sing.
2: Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I got a river of joy flowing out of me. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you,
0: Lord, for the oil of joy tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the oil of gladness tonight. Thank you, Lord, for that oil of joy being poured over your people's heads tonight. Hallelujah. All you got to do is yield. All you got to open your heart and say, Holy Ghost, do what you want to do. Not my will, but yours be done. No one's too young. No one's too old. This is what revival's for. This is what revival's for. This is what revival's for. It's to undo the work of the enemy. Man, this 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 is what God's tasked me with me and my wife with, to go, go around and bring revival to people, to undo the work of the enemy, to undo sickness and disease, to undo depression and addiction. Hallelujah. You know, this is the atmosphere. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the atmosphere for, for deliverance too. This is the atmosphere. One thing I noticed when we started doing healing schools, healing school, we, we would, we would pray for people and cast out a lot of devils. But we found that under the anointing, the anointing will do it for you. You get people drinking on the new wine, and the the demons go for free. Hallelujah. You don't have to keep that demon of depression. That thing will go. You don't have to keep that demon of addiction. That thing will go. The Lord will set you free. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, young man. I'm going
2: to pray for you if that's okay. Lift your hands. Lord, I thank you for my friend Jacob. Lord, fill him with your anointing. Lord, with the devils meant for harm, you turn it around for good. Hallelujah. E brande le borosondo. E hallelujah. You know what happens is as I pray for
0: people, the anointing begins to flow in the room. If you'll open your heart in your seat, the anointing will begin to fill you right now. Where you sit, I'm telling you, there's, there's nothing that a little more of the anointing won't do for you. Oh, hallelujah. The anointing will set your feet on a solid rock to stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's about letting the Lord do a work on the inside of you. It's about getting hungry in your spirit. Lord, do something in me. Lord, any change that I need to make, I'll make it. Lord, do something in me. I believe we got a room full of people that want a touch from God that came here on this Wednesday night because you're hungry for a touch from God. You're not putting up walls with God. You're saying, Lord, do whatever you want to do. I want more of you. Krista, I want you to come and share your testimony. Come and share your testimony about what the Lord did for you. Come and, come and share your testimony here.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> the joy is good. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I want to tell you something because if you've never experienced the joy of the Holy Ghost, you're going to experience it tonight. And I'm going to tell you from the Word of God that it's real. I'm going to prove it to you with Scripture. And, and the anointing is going to flow in this room. And it already is now. We got some joy starters going already, and I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah! But it's real. We've we've traveled to many nations in the earth. We went all over Asia with Pastor Rodney. We got to be a part of that team. And I want to tell you, wherever you are in the earth, joy looks like joy. (laughs) Happiness looks like happiness. If you're in South Korea, if you're in Asia, if you're in China, if you're in Thailand, we've seen joy. We've seen people go from depressed to joyful. And I want to tell you tonight, there's nothing too hard for God to do. There's nothing that the joy of the Lord can't lift that heavy burden off of your life. And he's going to do it tonight because the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. So if you came in here tonight needing something from God, I want to tell you, you came to the place that has your answer. You came and I'm talking to you, the person that doesn't know what to do with your life or you're not sure what's going on right now, or you're not sure if there's a reason to live. I want to tell you, you came to this building tonight and the anointing of God is in this place. It's going to set you free tonight. Hallelujah. God's going to set people free tonight. I feel that so strong. God is setting people free tonight, even the ones that don't believe that God is going to prove it to you. He'll do something tonight that's going to prove to you that he's real and that he loves you so much. Hallelujah. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, I also pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So according to the scripture, where is Jesus seated? He's seated seated at the right hand of the Father. Go to Ephesians 2 and verse 6. It says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're reunited with Christ Jesus. Another, so we're seated with him. Where are you seated? You're, not, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? And if you go back to Ephesians 1 and you start in the, in, in, back in Ephesians 1, it says... It says, these are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, all in, in, in authority, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be confirmed, not only in this age and world, but in also in the one to come. So that means that everything that the devil's thrown at you, if it has a name, you're seated far above it, because you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. So if depression has a name, if some kind of disease or label they stuck on you has a name, I'm here to tell you tonight that you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above every principality and power, every name that can be Named every disease they've already named, and every one that they they've yet to come up with. Hallelujah! So you've been seated with Christ. That's where you're seated. That's where the real you is seated. You're with Christ in heavenly places. That's good news. <laughs> Second Corinthians five seventeen says: Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, there's another version of that scripture that says, therefore, if any man be enfolded in Christ. And that word stuck out to me because when you fold something in, have you ever baked something and the ingredients say, fold it in? So when you fold something in, guess what? You can't can't separate those two. So if you're in Christ, The Bible says, therefore, if any man be enfolded in Christ, he's a new creation. So if Christ is seated far above every principality and power, and I'm enfolded in him, you can't tell where Jesus ends and where I begin because I'm in Christ, then I'm far above every principality and power, every disease, every sickness, every depression, everything that the devil would try to throw my way. Hallelujah. And then then because I'm in Christ, let me tell you something else about Jesus. Hebrews 1.9. This is speaking about Jesus. It says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above all your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. So if you're in Christ, guess what? You know what comes along with that is that anointing with the oil of joy. You know what? People should look at you and and, and kind of tilt their head a little bit. You're, You're a little bit different. Why why is that? You know what? It's cuz I'm in Christ and I've been anointed with the oil of joy. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, I can't get depressed about what's going on in the world because I've been seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above every principality and power, far above anything that could be named, any any cancer that could be named, any disease that could be named, even above those gas prices, even above that 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 the <laughs> Anthony Fauci and all his garbage and everything that the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization. Guess what? I'm seated far above it and I know you wouldn't be sitting here tonight if you didn't believe that hallelujah because the devil had a plan and you know what he exposed himself too soon he exposed himself too soon he had this plan to shut the church of Jesus Christ down he had a plan to keep you in your house and, and keep you shut up he had that plan but you know what he exposed himself because he's not a smart guy the devil, he's not, he's not like a genius, so intelligent, like he knows so many things. He's not that smart. He was very prideful, which is why he got kicked out of heaven in the first place. If you remember, he was the worship leader in heaven. He, he, he got too prideful, thought he was better than God, got kicked out. So he's not a real intelligent guy. So his little plan with Anthony Fauci in the World Economic Forum and the masks and the shots and everything, no, we're not live, so we can say whatever we want. So he, he, he expo- <laughs> and I know your pastor says that anyway, but I'm going to tell you something. He exposed his little plan, that antichrist agenda, far too soon. We all saw it. And those that are Christians and that know the power of God knew, listen, there's no disease that's going to keep me quiet. There's no disease that's gonna keep me from church. If I need healing, I know where I go, I go to church. If I need blessing, I go to church. You, world Economic Forum, eat your, you eat your heart out. I'm going to church, I know how to get my blessing. You can't steal from me, I'm a tither. Back off, devourer, you can't devour my money. I don't care how high you jack up the groceries and the, and the gas prices, I'm not in the world system. And that's what we're preaching into you is that you're not like everybody else. You've been seated with Christ in heavenly place. You're far above. You're far above every work of the devil. That's, that's who you are. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I want to tell you some things that joy can do. And then I'm going to tell you my testimony because this is what the Lord did for me. But if you're taking notes, I'm going to tell you four things joy can do very quickly. And we're going to pray for everybody in this place. Hallelujah. So number one, joy breaks depression. That's what the Bible says. If you, if you read in Isaiah 61 in verse 3, it says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Hallelujah. You know, for me, I went through a major battle in my life and I'm going to tell you more about it in a minute. But when I went through that major battle, what the devil tried to do to take me out was to put depression on me, was to say, there's no hope for you. There's no hope. There's no way out of this situation. But the joy of the Lord broke that depression off my life and I didn't even know how it happened. I just went to church. I wasn't even like, God, can you take this from me? I just got in the presence of God. So joy breaks depression. I'm going to tell you more about it. Because depression doesn't get to stay when you're filled with joy. <laughs> Amen. Number two, joy stops disease from festering. In your physical body, joy stops disease from festering. You know, in, in Psalm 23, it says this, and it's a foreshadowing of Jesus with us, with us, we're the sheep. So he was the shepherd in that passage. And, and, and David wrote about him even before he was there, but he wrote about the shepherd. And in, 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 in Psalm 23, in verse 5, it says, He anoints my head with oil. Do we have any sheep farmers in here? Anybody a sheep farmer? No? Okay. So I'm not a sheep farmer either, but I wanted to know why, why in that foreshadowing, because he's talking about, he's relating it to sheep. And he said, he anoints their head with oil. I said, I wonder why he would, why would he, you know, in the natural put oil on the sheep's head? So I looked it up and this is what it said on a sheep farming website. It said, applying, (laughs) applying a thick coat of medicinal oil to the sheep's heads was believed to kill the parasites and prevent their spread. Do you know that the oil of joy will actually k- prevent disease from spreading in your body? It will actually prevent offense from spreading in your life. That oil of joy makes you slippery. It makes it makes that 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 plan of the devil that that offense and that trick and that thing he was going to try to take you out with cuz somebody looked at you the wrong way in the parking lot at church <laughs> or somebody you know somebody said the wrong thing. I mean every church experiences that but the oil of joy makes you slippery. <laughs> it makes that offense slide right off. And this is what the Bible says in Proverbs seventeen twenty-two: It says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. A merry heart does good like medicine. And you know, they even know this because they'll send, you know, you'll you'll see how if there's a children's hospital, they'll send clowns in there and they'll send people in to try to make them laugh because even in the natural, even science proves the word of God that somebody with joy, their body will recover quickly. Actual joy, just natural joy. But how much more with that oil of joy, that Holy Ghost joy, hallelujah, that comes straight from heaven. That oil of joy that God wants to pour on every head in this place tonight. Hallelujah. It's, it's beyond that natural joy. You know, joy will heal you of your past. And I believe there's people here tonight that have carried things for a long time. And God said, I want to heal you tonight. Things that happened to you that were not your fault. Or even things that you've carried shame about. God wants to heal you tonight. And that oil of joy will do that. It will heal you. It's supernatural. It's not like regular happiness it's, it's supernatural. You know, happiness, is, it, it depends on what's going on in life. Happiness is, well, I had a good day today. You know, today's my birthday. I'm, a happy, I'm happy today. I, I know someone made my favorite meal. Joy is supernatural. So it means that even when they try, even when the devil gives his best shot, and I believe he shot his best shot with most of us in this room, but guess what? I want to tell you, I have very good news for you today. Because if you're sitting in this place, the devil lost. Amen. He lost. You he know, he, he, he's, not, he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at one time. He's not the beginning and the end. He's not like God. He didn't foresee that you would end up in the River Dickinson. He, he didn't know that you were going to get in this place. He didn't know you were going to come to this Holy Ghost Church and get totally set free from drugs and alcohol and totally set free from depression and totally and saved and on fire for God and telling people about Jesus. He, was, he, he, he didn't see it coming. He didn't see it coming because he shot his best shot with you. And I want to tell you, he lost. He lost because you're alive and you're breathing and you're in this place and you love the Lord. Amen. That's good news. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, there's a way that what happens with the joy of the Lord is it'll make it where you can look back at your past and you say, I know something happened to me, but I don't feel like it happened to me. Because God's healed you. He heals you with that joy where you can look back and say, man, it's like I know I went through that, but it's almost like it's like a, it's like it's like a movie or something because I don't feel it in my emotions. I don't feel like it happened to me. I'm totally separated from the pain of what the devil tried to do to me, and now it's my testimony. And now I can share with people, and other people can get totally set free from that same thing, and that's why I'm speaking to you today because that's what, the, that's what God did for me. Number three, joy is your strength. Joy is strength. And we know that because Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is strength. When do you need strength? After the battle or in the battle? You need, the, you need it all the time because every day the devil might try to throw, he might try to throw a battle your way. And guess what? When you're full with joy, it doesn't matter. You're full with strength. Being full of joy means I'm full of strength and i'm not and no matter what happens no matter no matter what the devil tries to throw at me i'm full of joy i'm so full of joy the devil can you know he can shoot his best shot and and, and it doesn't even affect me amen so joy is God's way of filling you with strength no matter what the circumstances of life. And I know that this church is full of people who have not, who have not uh, you know, become accustomed and haven't, you know, lived the life that CNN would have preached to you and loved for you to live and kept you shut up in your home. I don't think people in North Dakota were that dumb to get stuck in their house and, and would have thought, you know, that if they had to wear, a, you know, a bubble suit to go to the Walmart, you know, and, and put pool tubes on their heads so that no one comes six feet closer. You know, I, I don't think North Dakota people would have been full by that. I'm pretty sure we got a whole church of them that we're not fooled. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Number four, joy is your access point. And this is something that the Lord showed to me. I was studying on the subject of, of joy and this has now become my favorite scripture because I've realized something, that this is a key, and God gave me this key, and I, I, he has me share it every time we, you know, every time we, we do something. And so this is my favorite scripture, but I'll share it with you. You can, ha- you can have it tonight, but it's actually my scripture, so <laughs> you can, and it's Isaiah 12, 3, if you're writing that down, and it says, "'Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation.'" You know, I heard that scripture many, many times in my life. I'd heard that scripture. I didn't really know what it meant. And then God gave me this picture because he's talking about a well. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. So if if salvation is a well and there's something in that well that I need, because how many know salvation has benefits, right? Healing, deliverance, salvation has benefits. If joy is, if it says with joy, I'm going to draw water out of the well, then joy is my bucket, Joy is the access point to what I need from God that's in that well of salvation. And then I realized, I said, oh my goodness. He said, with joy, you draw forth water out of the wells of salvation. Not with sadness, not with depression, not with crying, not with begging God. No, with joy, you draw water out of the wells of salvation. So when I need something from God, guess what my access point is? It's joy. That's what the Bible says. With joy, you draw forth water out of the wells of salvation. Man, that hit me. I was like, that's the way. That's the way we're going to break through. That's the way. With joy, I'm going to break into my healing. With joy, I'm going to break into my harvest. With joy, I'm going to break out of depression. With joy. That's what the Bible says. You can't, you, it, it's the way. Hallelujah. So salvation has benefits, and I want to read you some of them. This is one of, also one of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 103. Starting in verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. Hallelujah. Salvation has benefits. And the Bible says, therefore with joy, I'm going to draw forth water out of the well of salvation. So whatever you came here tonight needing from God, I want to tell you something. With joy, you're going to draw forth water out of the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. That healing, that deliverance, that youth being renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. That you're going to tap into it with joy. Thank you Jesus. Ephesians 1 in verse 3 says, "Blessed and worthy of praise be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms with Christ." So he's already afforded it to you. Two thousand years ago he died a death on the cross so that you could be free so that you could be healed so that you could walk free of that depression so that you could walk free of that thing that the devil's tried to keep keep in your in that soulish realm that he's like that like that young lady said, but she felt like she was alive again. When you feel, feeling alive again, you know the devil works really really hard to keep, to keep people in a place where they don't feel like living. But one moment in God's presence. One moment in God's presence. And many of you have already experienced this, and, and this is part of your testimony, but that one moment in God's presence, I want to tell you, if you start to think about that moment, that moment that God sets you free, you'll go straight back to that place. <laughs> you'll go straight back. And 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 I love that song that says, you know, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory. Hallelujah. He's so wonderful. Jesus is so wonderful. He is so wonderful. Hallelujah. So Jesus was anointed with joy. (laughs) And he wants to anoint you with joy tonight. God wants to fill your cup to overflowing. You know, the verse after that verse that says, he anoints my head with oil, the next, the next scripture said, my cup runs over. You know, God doesn't want you running on half. He doesn't want you running on empty. You know, we, we, we've been driving, we've been driving a long way every day. <laughs> we've been driving, what's the city? Um, Bismarck, we've been yeah, mean we've been we've been driving back and forth, and, and and you know what? We can't we can't make that drive unless we fill up the fill up the the car. You know, you can't you can't you can't expect to keep running in life when you didn't get filled up. So God puts these meetings together specifically for you to get filled up with the presence of God, filled up with the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I would never miss a night. I would never miss a night because I know what, what, what revival's done for me. So my testimony is this. I came to... I came to the river in, in uh, well, basically, I was in Pastor Rodney's meetings when I was a baby. My parents were in ministry, and they, they went to the revival, the, the big revival that he did in Lakeland, Florida. I lived about, you know, 30, 45 minutes from there growing up. And so, um, so we, had, we had encountered, you know, with that ministry and, and experienced revival, but my parents were in ministry, and things from the outside looked one way. Things on the inside were not right. And so um, when I was about 11 years old, my parents separated, then eventually divorced and then suddenly my dad was sick with, um, with a rare form of cancer. About three months after we found out he had the cancer, he suddenly died. So I was 16 years old. It was, you know, totally, totally tragic. My mom, you know, basically when my parents separated, I chose to live with my dad. So I, I, I completely cut off contact with my mom just because there were some people in family, you know, when happens when there's divorce, a lot of times people will sow real bad seeds and try to, you know, it's, it's totally the work of the devil to just to, to, you know, to make things more, you know, separated. And that's what I was experiencing. And I didn't know what to do with that information, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. You know, so I grew really hardened in my heart. And, um, and, and then when my dad got sick and then, and then died suddenly, um, all of that basically welled up into depression. And I didn't know what it was called. I, all I knew was I didn't want to wake up and I didn't want to go to sleep. And I didn't really want to do anything. And, that was, and, and I realized that the devil had a strong grip on my life. But you know what? I want to encourage you because if you're a parent in this place, I want to tell you something that I never did because I heard this when I was a child that God is love. All I knew is God is love. I couldn't, I couldn't have told you where anything was technically in the Bible or anything like that. I just knew God was love, and I knew God didn't kill my dad. So I knew God was good. And so I never turned my back on God in that way whenever all the, the, the bad things happen. So keep sowing seeds into your children like that because it, it will, you know, you raise up that child and the way they'll go and they won't depart from it. So things that the word of God was sown into me very young. So even in that tragedy, I knew God is love. And so I knew God didn't take my dad. I knew that wasn't a work of God. I knew it wasn't God's plan. But anyway, so we came to the river. So my mom had been coming to the river because that my parents had separated and she wasn't, you know, then in ministry anymore. So she was traveling back and forth to the river about an hour each way to go to church and so I, and we didn't know. I didn't even know that. I had no communication with her for five years. And so when my mom, I was 16 years old, I went to live with my mom. And she said, hey, I go to this church in, in Tampa. It's Pastor Rodney's church. So I said, oh, okay, let, you know, we'll go. And so then she said, hey, we're going to move to Tampa. And even though I was in my rebellious teenager stage at the time, I said, okay, sure. So not that I had a choice in it. But I, I was somehow like the Holy Ghost just had me very passive about the situation. And so I was happy to move to Tampa and start going to this church, and so, um, so, anyways, as we moved, it was the summer, and uh, they had started to, you know, they started talking about the summer camp for youth. And um, so they had the Summer Camp for Youth coming up, and they said, hey, we heard what happened to you. Another young lady wants to pay for you to go to summer camp. And I just nicely said, oh, that's okay. I don't really I don't really want to go. Um, I've already been to summer camp. You know, I've, go, I've always gone to summer camp. I've already went to my summer camp this year, so I'm actually good. And then um, I guess my mom heard about it, and she said, you're going to summer camp. So then I'm on my way to summer camp, <laughs> whether I wanted to be or not. And thank God I was on my way to that summer camp because it was really, really different. It was like a revival service, like, you know, for five days straight with kids and, and no cell phones and no distractions. And so I came to this, so I came to the summer camp the first night I was there and I, I had grown up like seeing adults, you know, enter into revival, but I'd never had myself. I'd seen people be touched and I'd seen people, you know, get, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost praying in tongues, but I had never experienced any of it myself, um, so I, 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 came into the, to the church building and, and I remember they had what they called it pre-service prayer. And so they had the microphone on the stand in the middle of the room and all these young people kept coming up to the microphone and like praying really robustly in tongues. And I'm like, I've never been around this. I've never really experienced anything like that with young people. And so, you know, so I'm in the back of the room and I see everybody's praying in tongues, everybody in the whole room and I was filled up and I didn't want to look like the only one that didn't pray in tongues. So I just lifted my hands and I was like, okay, God, filled me. I'm going to speak in tongues now. And then literally God filled me. I literally got filled with the Holy ghost spoken tongues all by myself in the back of the room. Cause I didn't want to look weird. And so, and so God, God will meet you wherever you're at. <laughs> and so I was standing in the back, got filled. And then another night I remember, cause I mean, I had just gone through this tragedy. Now it had only been a month or two. And, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I've been in these, these meetings. I'm so, I'm loving the presence of God. I feel so free when I get into these meetings. I didn't know I was even dealing with depression and that it was demonic, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm in the service and the pastor who's still the youth pastor there now was going around and laying hands on people. And I remember I was in the back of the room. That's kind of where I stayed. And I was in the back and I remember he put his hand on my head and he just said, whoa. And I just said, Whoa. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened next, I'm, and, and, and all of a sudden I hear this loud laughing, and I have, mind you, never in my life have experienced anything like this personally. I've seen people, but I thought that was for like really extroverted adults. I did not know kids could experience it. I did not, I did not think I would ever experience it. I was extremely shy. I was extremely closed off and insecure. And so I'm, laying, so all of a sudden I hear someone laughing very, very loud, Nick. And then I kind of realize it sounds a little bit like me. And then I realize it's me. And I'm laying on the ground in the back of the church, laughing, crying, screaming, like, just getting totally set free, totally delivered from that depression, totally delivered from everything that the devil tried to do. And you know what? I remember waking up the next morning and looking around and thinking, man, the sky is so blue. <laughs> and like the grass is so green. It's like it's like a shield came off my eyes. It's like something happened. And all of a sudden I was happy. I mean, it's like the devil, he tried his best you know, with the divorce, with the death, with all the seed of hatred that he sown. And then God started to, to heal my heart and totally healed my heart. You know, the relationship that I have with my mom now is amazing. She helps us. She's here with us now. She's, she's helping us with the kids. You know, so only, only the Holy Ghost could do that. You know, only the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Yes. We praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. A couple years later, went into Bible school and then a couple years later got married and then we now we've we've come into the full time ministry and so what god took you know god took what the devil meant for evil he meant to take my life out. You know, the devil's plan is to kill and steal and destroy. He meant to destroy my life. He meant to cut something down before it could ever grow. Because the thing is, is when, I was a, when I was probably seven months old, I sat in revival meetings of, of, of Dr. Rodney. And I remember my mom telling me, she said, I went up in the prayer line with you, and I'm a baby. I'm smaller than my youngest baby. And she said, we got up to the prayer line. And it's not like you understand words when you're that small. And he said, everybody lift your hands. And I lifted my hands. Like my hands, and he, and I, and then she said, Pastor, Pastor Rodney, like acknowledged. He said, Wow, well, the baby's, you know, receiving, and that was me. And so all I know is when you, when you're in revival, it marks you. When you're in the presence of God, it marks you. So you've been sitting in this room, and and for the last several days, God's been filling you up and filling you up. And you may not even know what's happening, but something's happening on the inside of you. God is doing something in your life. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost is redirecting your path. You know, the thing that the devil meant that he was going to take you out with. Whatever that plan was that he was going to take you out with, that depression, he was going to steal your hope and never let you come into the fullness of what God had for you, but one moment in God's presence, hallelujah, (laughs) one moment in the presence of God, (laughs) and he can rearrange, and he can change, and he can heal, and he can deliver, hallelujah, and that's what he's going to do tonight, hallelujah, Hallelujah. God wants to set people free tonight. (laughs) God wants to give you joy again. (laughs) So many of you think, man, when I was a kid, I was just happy. (laughs) When I was a kid, I didn't have a care in the world. But you know what? God is your father, and he wants to see you like that again. He doesn't want to see you bogged down with the cares of life. He wants to see you free. Hallelujah. From the youngest to the oldest in this place. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Just lift your hands all over this place. God's anointing is here. I know the anointing of God always comes for a purpose and the anointing is here tonight to set people free. The anointing is here tonight to put that oil of joy on your head. That oil, hallelujah, with joy you're going to draw forth water out of the wells of your salvation hallelujah with joy with joy with joy with joy hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. You know, joy will break off every, every religious thing you were ever told because they told you you couldn't open up the candy wrapper in church. You couldn't be too loud. <laughs> they said, they said, because when you, when you step into the church building, make sure you don't smile too big. This isn't the place to be happy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for those, those religious people that told you that because they got it completely wrong <laughs> because in God's presence is fullness of Joy. Hallelujah, and at his right hand his pleasure is pleasures forevermore. L- listen to me, I want to tell you something that heaven is a joyful place, but you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to have that joy. You can have it right here and right now. Hallelujah. You can have it right here and right now. Hallelujah. 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 She Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for the oil of joy. Thank you for the oil of joy. Thank you for the oil of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With joy, with joy, with joy. With joy you draw forth water out the wells of salvation with joy (laughs) with joy (laughs) with joy (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah with joy (laughs) hallelujah you know you you know you can begin to get joy just thinking about how dumb the devil is You know, he thought he had you at one point. He really did. He really thought he had it in the bag. He really thought it, but you know what? I, so I love joy because it's like laughing at the devil. It's like I'm, I'm just here laughing at him, and he hates it because he's so prideful. He hates being laughed at. <laughs> I'm here laughing at the devil because he thought he had it in the bag with me, but I, I'm up here, and I'm and I'm ministering, and I'm totally free. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's what the power of God can do. That's what the power of God can do, and I know that God wants to, God wants to fill your cup to overflowing. He wants to fill your cup with over, to overflowing. He doesn't want you coming out of this place half full. He doesn't want you half strengthened. He wants you totally full, totally full of that joy. Hallelujah. And we're going to lay hands on people in a minute, but I just want to tell you, you know, you can have this joy right now. Even in your seat, you can have this joy right where you sit. You know, the thing is, is that, You know I, I I remember this story because my, this happened to my husband. He said he always wanted to get the joy of the Lord, and he was sitting in a service and and nobody's getting the joy and and then his friend next to him starts getting the joy and and she's like loud, and she's out there, and you know it would almost look like she just had that kind of personality, and he said, "Man, God, I've just been wanting this joy like the, I mean for months I've been asking, you, Lord, where is the joy? I want this joy and then he felt to say. You know what, God, I'll just have whatever she's having. And then all of a sudden he got hit with the joy. And then all of a sudden everybody around them got hit with joy. I'm gonna tell you, it's it's contagious. Joy is contagious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I remember praying for some of you the other night, and as soon as I got to you, man, joy just hit you. I mean, joy just hits you, you know, and that's God's that's God's power. That's God's power setting you free. Hallelujah. So if you want some joy, you know you can lift your hands hallelujah hallelujah father i thank you (laughs) father i'm gonna pray right now (laughs) this is dangerous because i get really hit when i do this hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) father i thank you for every person (laughs) under the sound of my voice god that you would anoint them with the oil of joy (laughs) that you would anoint them (laughs) till their cups run over Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for the oil of joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, some people get touched and you don't know what's happening to them. You just think they look crazy extroverted, and you're like, man, what's happening to them? And, and meanwhile, you don't even know what God's setting them free from. You don't even know it, what years of, of the devil's work in their life, and He's un, God's undoing it in a moment. God's undoing it by his power. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was a story of a young lady who came to one of, uh, of Pastor Rodney's meetings, and she came and sat sat somewhere in the back, and she said she had been through something very traumatic, she was traveling with friends and uh, who she thought were her friends and, and ended up in a really bad situation where she was you know she was abused by these men and ended up with several diseases. and she came to this meeting totally depressed and feeling totally worthless because of what had happened to her. and the presence of God just started flowing and filling the place, and, and all of a sudden she found herself laid out under the power of God and I believe she was laid out for, for several hours. And the power of God was touching her. And, uh, and she said when she got up and, and she testified about it, she said, man, I felt like a fire hose was, 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 uh, was like, you know, of, of God's power was just, was just coming over me. And, and I'm sure she was touched with, with, with everything, you know, with the joy, with, with laughing, with crying, whatever. She was totally set free. And then she went to the doctor, got the report that all, every, every disease that she had came out of her body in the presence of God. And then this is what she said too. This was amazing. She said, I feel like something happened to somebody, but it doesn't feel like it happened to me. And that's what happens in the joy of the Lord. God sets you free to where you can look back at your past and you're divided from it. You're, di- you're totally free from it. And I wanna tell you something. If something really terrible happened to you, I wanna tell you one thing. It was not your fault. It was not your fault. So you don't have to carry that shame with you for the rest of your life. The devil would love to keep you bound by something that happened to you and also make you think it was your fault. It was not your fault. And so you can release that responsibility. You can release that person, forgive them, and say, God, I want to be free. I want to walk in that joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And many of you have had that testimony. Hallelujah, where God sets you free. He sets you free. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah, God wants to touch people. You know, we don't have a lot of an agenda when we do this kind of service. We just want everybody to get really, really drunk. That's what's, that's what's on the agenda. So if you're wondering what we're waiting for, we just want you to jump right in. Because this, this is what the anointing is like. Hallelujah, this is what the anointing is like. It's, like. it's like a big pool, and it's a really hot day, and you're sitting right on the edge. And it looks really, really good. <laughs> But maybe you're kind of like, I don't know what everybody's going to think if I jump in. I don't want to be that person. No, no, just be that person. Just jump right in. Nobody's going to be mad at you. This is a Holy Ghost, fire-filled, tongue-talking church. If you're a visitor, this is what we do here. Hallelujah. This is the oil of joy. Miss Wendy's getting it in the back. Hallelujah. These ladies getting it over here on the floor. Hallelujah. So if you want some of it, all you have to do is say, God, I'll have some of what that lady on the floor is having i'll have some of that and you know what <laughs> you really have to not care what people think you really have to get that religious mindset out you have to say god listen i don't care what it looks like i don't care what it looks like i want to be <laughs> i want to be so filled hallelujah i want to be holy filled and flooded with god Hallelujah. I want to overflow with joy. I want to overflow with joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the answer to your problem <laughs> is with joy. You're going to draw forth water out of the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. Not with sadness, not with depression, but with joy. <laughs> with joy. With joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She's getting it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. <laughs> hallelujah. You're so wonderful, God. <laughs> the wonderful thing about the Holy Ghost is he always shows up to to <laughs> He always <laughs> Hallelujah. He always shows up. You talk about him, you talk about what he does. He shows up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's not it's not going to the joy is not going to hit you in your head. It's going to hit you in your spirit, man. So all you have to do is lift your hands and say, God, I'll have some of that. God, I'll have some of that. Even if I've never had it before, even if I'm kind of stuck in my head now because I don't know I've never had it. I don't know what's wrong with me. Listen, there's nothing wrong with you. You have a spirit, man. You can have joy. If you can speak in tongues, you can joy. It comes from the same place. It comes right out of your belly. Hallelujah. Out of your belly will flow rivers of, of living water, will flow rivers of joy. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm not that funny. I can't make people laugh like that. That's not me. That's the Holy Ghost. If I was that funny, I would have a Comedy Central special by now, making millions of dollars. Listen, it's the joy of the Holy Ghost. And you know what? Sometimes this is what you have to do. You have to prime the pump because it's a little rusty. So you laugh like this. Ha Ha ha. He, he, ho, ho. You just start, and then you go a little bit faster. Ha, ha, he, he, ho. Now put it together. It's like, you just continuously go faster. And, it, and then all of a sudden, it'll rush up out of you. I want to tell you something right now. It's real. It's real. And it's not just for the extroverted personality. Hallelujah. Because if you knew me before, if you knew me pre, pre-Holy Ghost, pre-Joy, not talking on a microphone. Not talking much at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's what the Holy Ghost can do. That's what the Holy Ghost can do. He's transforming lives <laughs> tonight. Hallelujah. 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 You know, for some people, the, the, this is the first step towards joy for you, and I get it. But a smile is tonight. A smile. Just, just show me the teeth. Hallelujah. Just the teeth Yes, we got joy. Okay, amen. Just a smile. We're in the right direction. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is why we have revival. You know, because because what happens is life happens, and, and you go through life, and then you need to get plugged back into the power outlet. You need to get plugged back in. And some of you have experienced, you know what, I'm looking at people and I know some of you have experienced this before and it's been a long, long time and you've longed to experience this again. And you're like, no way that girl, that little girl up there with the microphone is going to get me to experience joy. But I had it 25 years ago. No, but guess what? This is what's going to happen because if you're hungry and thirsty, you shall be filled. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm not Pastor Rodney. I'm not my husband. I'm not Pastor Will. But I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost, he'll he'll take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so I'm okay with being a foolish thing (laughs) because one day I'm going to confound the wise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. God's filling people all over the place. God's touching people all over the place. Even in this North Dakota, cold winter, God's touching people. The fire of God is falling on people, burning up the, all, all the junk that the devil tried to do in your life. The fire. You know, there's a reason why you're still sitting here. You, there's a reason why you're sitting in this chair and you haven't run up out of this place. It's because God wants to do something in your life. God wants to do something with you. He wants to do something in you and through you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you're worthy. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. She remandosho, hallelujah. Hallelujah. She remandosho. Thank you, Jesus. we're gonna minister to everybody tonight if you're already on the floor you can stay on the floor (laughs) it's really the best place to be honestly i mean this is revival come on hallelujah hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah well we want to lay hands on everybody we want to get everybody drunk (laughs) <laughs> hallelujah we don't want to get you touched we want to get you set free healed delivered everything your religious church told you not to do we're going to have that happen to you tonight hallelujah <laughs> if you came you came wanting it so you might as well leave getting it amen amen I know you didn't come here just to sit and look I know you came here because you want something from God I know you came here because you want something from God and God will meet you right where your expectation is at Amen. God will meet you right where your expectation is at. Hallelujah. And this is what's going to change, Dickinson. This right here. And you know, some of you, and I feel this, and this might be a word from the Holy Ghost, but some of you experienced this as a teenager, maybe at like a summer camp or a youth camp. Somebody in this room experienced this as a teenager, and you haven't experienced it since then, but you're very hungry for it, and you're you want the Lord to touch you, and God sees you. He knows your name. He's, call, he's calling you right now. He said, you can have some of this joy. <laughs> you can have a fresh touch. <laughs> you can be anointed with oil. And you know what? You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same because you can't run on that touch from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You can't run on that touch because there's a fresh touch today. His mercies are new every morning. He has a brand new touch for you today. You don't have to run on 1992 oil. <laughs> you can run on brand new oil. You don't have to run on 2008 oil. You can have some 2022 oil today, very, this very day. God wants to anoint you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to line people up. So we take a just I've been trying for like 10 minutes. Okay, so you can come forward. Hallelujah. Can we play suddenly? Or whichever one you want. Suddenly. Yeah, we'll play suddenly. Whew. Sorry. Oops, sorry. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, and we can, can we have the kids too come in? I think Pastor LaShawn's with the kids and we can bring them in and pray for them too. Okay, thank you. We'll bring them and we'll get them. We'll pray for them. What? So, if you want to touch from the Lord, come to the front. If you if stay under the anointing, so come get, <laughs> come if you want to get touched by God, come to the front. Hallelujah. We won't force you to come. We're not we're not one of those kind of churches. We just <laughs> if you want to touch, come. Hallelujah. This this is uh this is awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We saw many testimonies the other night. Many people getting healed, delivered, set free. I saw it with my eyes when we prayed for people getting totally set free. Hallelujah. And I know we're gonna begin to hear more testimonies from from from, from, from Monday night and from some of the other and, and what's gonna happen in the rest of this week. Oh my goodness. You don't want to miss what God's gonna do. Hallelujah. We can crank the the music. Hallelujah. Just put your eyes on the Lord. Just close yourself in with God. He wants to touch you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you glad you came tonight?
1: (laughs) I'm glad you came tonight. Hallelujah.
0: can turn that up a little
2: bit hallelujah lift your hands get ready to receive from the lord yield to the holy ghost hallelujah
0: he wants to fill you to overflow there's no lack with god he wants to fill you to overflow
2: joy unspeakable and full of glory thank you lord for the power of the holy ghost thank you for the anointing thank you for a fresh touch lord
0: that you that you refresh you restore and you set free
2: thank you lord hallelujah Le borra barre se ke bara ragabo le bara de. That's the anointing even now. Re gare bambara sogorodada. Bre de le boroso so bara baba. Bre de le barambo boroso gorodo do lo bre de le brada. Erande le bre yeah 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Out of your belly will flow rivers, rimba, riba, rimba, riba, riba, jembro, rogo, lebra,
1: He's a Suddenly, yeah. You did more in a moment. within all- He's not God.
0: One more time, lift your hands, close your eyes. Lift your hands, close your eyes all over this
2: place. Put your eyes on Jesus. And let him fill you with his joy. One more time. Let him fill you with his joy. One more time. Let him fill you with his joy. His joy. His joy. His joy. rebebe. The Lord's serious about filling you with His joy. Sister, one more time. Joy, joy, no more grief, no more sorrow. Joy, though sorrow may last for the night. Joy comes with the morning. Hallelujah, it's a new day. Hallelujah, it's a new day. Old things have passed away. It's a new day. Lembro, rashebro, dorobo. Brando, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Rebo, bo, rasambo, bo, Oh, reba, ba, reba. Ebro Chebra joy joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. Joy. Hallelujah. <assumed> hallelujah. hallelujah. hallelujah 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 hallelujah. Remba ba remba boro remba ba baboro, boro rababa choi ramba ba remba bo rambo boro bamboro brinde lemba rambaba, brimbe brinde lemba rombo brondo rondo rondoro rondo, brando rondo Brindede ro. brinde de, de lembamba brinde lembamba brinde, lemba, ba. brinde lemba, bambo. Brando rondo randanda, brindeendele mbamba, bamba, brando no lembel rendelebo, brando rondo ro, brando rondo, ro, rondo ro, brindelele lamboro, brambomborondo, joy in Jesus' name, bo, rondo rondo Brindelem bambarre bembele baba Brindelem endele lamborobobo Branda randele lembaramba baba Brindelelele lemborondoro Rondorondandare lemborobobo Brondarandendele lemborondoro In the name of Jesus Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Ah, it's never yet been told. Rambamba, Rendere de Lemborodo, Brindede, Lebrambamba, one more. Rimbaba, Rimbamboro, Rombobobo, Rondoro, Brindelemba, Rambaba, Ramboboro, Brando, Rondoro. Thank you for quickening her and her blood, and her veins, and her bones are quickening to this body tonight. In the name of Jesus. Lord, the life of God going into this body right now in Jesus' name. Quickening, quickening, quickening. Life in Jesus' name. ondoro goro de Bre de libre and you know, people
0: think this is just for a church service, but this anointing's for your life. You know, that's what the healing power is. It's God's anointing. So when you yield to the anointing, some person can be getting joy, and you can get your organs strengthened. You can get your blood cleansed. This anointing's for your life. Lord will give you a download in your spirit. The swelling went out of your
2: knees last night. Praise the Lord. Yeah, when we prayed for you two nights ago. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord's quickening you, in your bones and in your blood right now. I release the anointing for that into you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's somebody else that as you yield to the anointing, the Lord will give you an idea for
0: business. The Lord will give you something to do. Maybe there's a crossroads where you don't know which direction to take. The Lord will give you the right direction the anointing's for every part of life the anointing yes it's for joy but it's for every part of life so it isn't superfluous oh we just come and laugh it's letting the Lord do a work in your life and in your emotions for some people they're so bogged down with life that they can't they can't come out from underneath the weight of it so the Lord wants to lift the weight but the Lord will give you a supernatural direction
2: hallelujah yeah hallelujah there's million dollar ideas in the anointing hallelujah 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 that's the anointing hallelujah so it's it can be different things for different people
0: the lord's been there's been people who believe in the lord for breakthrough in areas the lord will give you that breakthrough just sitting in the anointing the anointing is what samson operated out of the anointing is what jesus ministered out of when jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves that was by the anointing So when you yield, it's not just all about laughing, although the joy is very important. Because the Lord wants you strong and refreshed. Some people live their lives so fatigued from life. That's not how God wants it. God wants you happy, joyful, and refreshed. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah!
0: Cute little guy. He's got a he has got a good stare. He's like my little one. Good stare, just stare you down. It's embarrassing to lose at a staring contest to a one-year-old, but it happens. Hallelujah! Let's lift our hands all over this place and thank the Lord together. Oh Lord, we love you and know every person. Lord, we love your power. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I ask you for a supernatural blessing on every person as they've honored you with the with, with their nights this week. Supernatural blessing on every area. Lord, that there would be a marked difference in their life, in their family life, in their finances, in their emotions. Lord, even as they go to sleep, that they wake up refreshed. Lord, wake up strong. Wake up and say like that sister said, I feel like I'm alive again. Lord, even those that feel alive, let them feel more alive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, the anointing will go with them as they go. Oh, the anointing goes before them. Lord, any difficulty they're facing at work, I thank you. It's the anointing that destroys any blockage, any hindrance. Can Can I pray for you, Logan? Can I pray for you? Hallelujah. Pray for everybody else. Lift your hands. Thank you, Lord, for marking him with the anointing. Thank you for the call that you have on his life. There's the anointing now. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Won't turn to the left hand or the right hand. Follow follow closely the path that you have for him, Lord.
2: In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be filled. Be filled in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 You know, it's about yielding. You know, when you have hands
0: laid on you, you can yield, which means you open your heart to let the Lord do something. But you can also yield in your seat. And it's better to yield in your seat because then you don't have to wait till the last 20 minutes of the service to get something. While my wife was preaching, I was yielding in my seat. And I was getting something while she was preaching. I know some other people were too. But you can yield to, to the anointing on the word of god hallelujah it's better to yield and receive for three hours than to yield and receive for 10 minutes hallelujah you'll get more hallelujah hallelujah we love you jesus lift your hands one more time begin to thank the lord for his goodness
2: hallelujah hallelujah lord we honor you hallelujah Holy Spirit, thank you.